Oh, did you already start recording? That's the first thing that was said right there. Oh, perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> That's how you start a successful podcast. <laughs> he was just looking at me all funny, and I thought he was like had the fuck chair conversation in there. So I'm sitting here with James and Andy from Grindworks. Um, I'm going to ask them some questions today. It's the Kevin podcast. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see if we get more views this way. <laughs> I, I don't care. If you want to flip it and you host this one, that'd be fun. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> just, you know, set everybody's <laughs> expectations on their ear. So Let me just cough in everyone's ear right there. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear what the inside of my mouth sounds like? <laughs> yeah. Let's hear it. Hi, <laughs> James. Oh! See, that's the weird thing. Is like we're sitting here, and it's like it's just the three of us, you know, collectively three idiots sitting in a room where other people are going to be listening to us in the future as opposed to listening to us in the past, So, which wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, but we're, we can only talk about things that have occurred in the past. That's true. For the future. Exactly. So it's like we're historians, really. Okay. But what if we talk about things that are going to happen in the near future, and then by the time you post this, they land up being in the past? I think I just broke, I think I just broke you. <laughs> no. No. I'm just... What happens if they don't come true? Then you're just predicting things. Okay. Even if we have plans, like, we're gonna drive back to Pittsburgh after this. But are we? I hope so. Uh, yeah, well, so, here, so, so do we. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you guys drove all the way up to Buffalo for, like, an impromptu, like, driveway, like, basketball session. That was yeah. pretty dope, yeah. so, you know, BMX would have been funner, but. Yeah, but basketball in the rain is pretty cool, too. Exactly. I mean, uh, making those shots, that was that was pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> cool puddle dribbles, soggy pants. So, yeah, soggy pants, wet socks. We all have our socks on still. I just like to chill in wet socks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is pretty much how this one's starting out, isn't it? <laughs> Whoops, wrong socks well, this well, morning. Welcome to Buffalo. Welcome to the Kevin Zuba podcast with on the Grindworks podcast. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what number this is. Zero two seven, I believe. Okay. I'll believe you. So Either that or we'll just renumber it and it will be zero two seven. So The only problem will be... Uh, unless zero two seven already exists because this is being recorded in the present... Now it's the past. Will be record, posted, and listened to in the future. But yeah, and I could <laughs> elect to record another one and post it as twenty-seven before <clears throat> this one. That's true. I feel bad for the future civilizations that'll be stumbling across this. If this wonder. does go in chronological order, it's twenty-seven. Good call. See, he knows what he's talking about, even though it's I, like... I knew it was 27, but I I don't know if I post them up right. <laughs> yeah. I could uh, go back to uh, Pittsburgh and have some phenomenal, important news that I need to post. He could basically find someone a lot more interesting to talk to than me and James for the 47th time, although it's only 
27 podcasts. So I've talked to him a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, James Usick is with us yet again. <laughs> yeah, probably annoying everyone. It's basically a sidekick at this point. I mean, really, it's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just the co-host you expect to have. Yeah. Just need somebody to laugh at your jokes and kind of like, you know, get your water. He... Squish your bananas. He might be the favorite. Like, people might listen because they like him more than me. And then anytime they, they tune in and James is not on that episode, they're like, hmm... I'm going to pass on this one. I feel like I'm just the brick wall that you play wall ball on, and I just say yeah to every time. Every time you throw something at me, it's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you noticed that about yourself in, in the episodes? At least the first one. Yeah? Well, you were pretty much the guinea pig at that point, so. Yeah, you had to be. He was living in that room. <laughs> I almost couldn't do the podcast without him. Well, then you would have been doing it in an empty room by yourself, which would be kind of weird. Yeah, or in his bedroom, and he just, like, trying to be quiet and not participate. Quietly jerking it underneath the blanket. That might have even been even better, like, just to to see you try to do a podcast in a room with an unwilling participant. Occasionally, (laughs) like, would you just shut up? I'm trying to sleep. (laughs) No. So where where do we angle this? What do we what are we looking to accomplish here? I don't know. I mean, I drove up to bu- Buffalo to do a podcast in the rain. I mean, and play basketball. I exactly. really don't want to downplay this play basketball. <laughs> there was there was some was good a bas- key component of the day. There was some good basketball playing. That's for sure. That's that is something that neither one of us I think really foresaw happening today. Yeah. I I don't ever foresee basketball in my day. It's never like, I can't wait to play basketball today. It just kind of happens occasionally. Spontaneous basketballing. So James James wants to say something. No. You can see it in his face. I mean, you're just asking where we could angle it. And I'm like, we could either go like He-Man and G.I. Joe. We can go bike collection, BMX museum. I'm just looking at your face. So No, there's no, no visual here. So, <laughs> Well, speaking of no visual, I just want to point out that Kevin's shirt does not match my shirt, even though Kevin has a shirt that matches my shirt and could match my shirt if Kevin wanted to go change his shirt. If you want, I could go change my shirt to match you. No, you I, I like that one. The, the, the colors really like go well together, and uh, <laughs> we're really just you know, hammering it in how, how good this episode could be if we had a visual component. I basically set up my living room so that it would be like visually pleasing as a set piece. And then, so I talk, and then you're literally, as soon as I, down. yeah, well, basically, as soon as I, you know, sent that to James, and he was like, "Oh, he's just bringing his audio equipment," and I was like, "Well, I already moved furniture, so what's the point? <laughs> Moving it back." <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I was gonna say, if this was what you were set up for doing, like a video component, that would be really. Well, I figured. No, I figured tough. we'd both be we'd both be over here, so we'd have like a nice backdrop. You know, as you can see from the pictures on the wall, it just kind of like it complements pretty much everything that, you know, encompasses the me, I guess. Yeah, if you're just listening to the audio component, just check the YouTube. And you can really uh, check out what we're talking about. Should I take a photo and then just like it's just a still frame for the entire thing? Uh, I'll probably take a picture of Kevin over there. Yeah. Maybe before. More than likely. Posing it out on one of his bikes. 
That would be gnar. <laughs> on the dinosaur. You can do a, a bicycle headstand for all your haters. Yeah, we can get into that, too. <laughs> we can get into that. Oh, that would be... Yeah, that'll work. I think we can find, find a way to make that happen. So. so, reverting back to the intro that I only kind of did, I like to refer to you as the people's champ. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate of, that. Of the Lip Lords game of bike. I believe... Uh, was, was it Hosted was it, by Brant Moore. Was that you that, that coined that phrase, or was it... I said it, and then I saw other people say it after. Yeah, I think so. It was that was that was fun as all get out. I mean, it was. I I think both of us passed on the first like call out for it when he was looking for people, and then due to some math that you pointed out was in error. Um, I think we both somehow got roped into it. I think actually you lobbied hard and forced me. I, I the game needed someone to bring the fun. Yeah. That's all I can really bring is fun because, like, I can't do all the cool stuff, so I have to, like, throw weird things at it and just see what happens. <laughs> try to combo, like, 47 moves into one thing and, you know, try to confuse some poor kid that's, like, half my age and twice as good, you know. <laughs> I had joked with Brant at the very, very beginning of that game that we should just play it like the game of Simon. <laughs> and it's, don't do any hard tricks. Just do so many grind combos in a row that he can't remember the order to do them in. That, yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> Just how many, how many different variations in one line can you do? Feeble, Smith, feeble, pegs, feeble, pegs, pegs, feeble, Smith. <laughs> Bar. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's see. Well, you're one-handed double peg. If you're talking original Simon, you only had four, but then eventually they had like the Super Simon. I think it was like eight. That's when it really got confusing. So that's when you got like multiple colors going on at the same time. So bop it. Exactly. <laughs> I like to just yeah. I would describe my riding style as bop it. Bop it, twist it, pull it. <laughs> <laughs> then eventually they added like flick it. And something else. It's like super bop it. Yeah, I you guess. You just put super in front of things. Can somebody do like a super double peg grind? Like, what would what would that be? I think it's arms extended, chest on the seat, and flexing your legs straight out back, doing Superman double peg. It sounds painful, Then actually. drop in like that. I don't know. I mean, I've like ridden down the road like that, and it kind of hurts. Yeah, that would, oh man. Yeah, it's the chest thing. I think that's, you know. The, I mean, usually you just go to like abs and just hold that out, but it's, that's for ripped people. Yeah, I was going to say that's, that is not for us and our dad bods over here. So, I mean, you're a dad. So, James, mm -hmm. you might be a dad. We don't know. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> be like four years old is it too late to get an abortion oh i was gonna make some daddy comment but then i decided to shy away from it and be a little bit more classy james <laughs> yeah no thanks for showing me that i don't need to be so abortion yes um other means of disposal of an unwanted child maybe not oof <laughs> woof yeah like 
Nobody's going to listen to these. So, <laughs> if you I are mean, listening to this, we do appreciate it. So, we're only twelve minutes in. I mean, if you left already, you didn't care in the first place. That's true. <clears throat> That's very true. But Gosh. no, you've been asking like what we want to talk about, what we should talk about, anything like that, and realistically, like ever since I started doing this, you were one of the first people I wanted to talk to. It's just our location and proximity to one another does not necessarily work out well to to meet up. It's not super conducive to just saying like, Hey man, I'm going to swing over and hang out. So yeah. 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 So anyway, like obviously we've seen each other between then and now. Oh, I've seen you. Oh, I mean, yes, yes. We've seen each other. So, but uh, not in any like period of time where we've got some downtime or chill or whatever. Well, I know you've been at jams. Yeah, you've made your way up for for the jams up here. Um, I think HSC and stuff like that, and like HCS. Just to correct you, gotta be right. EMD, KMFDM, something like that. LMNOP. Yeah, whole bunch of like alphabet stuff. Well, are you? Have we met up at Wheel Mill or no? I don't think you and I have been at the wheel mill at the same time. Right. I probably knew you were coming into town. And I was like, not going there. Yes. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? So, I think last time we went to the wheel mill, we almost killed James. So yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that was not cool. <laughs> I just got too comfortable on your dirt jumper. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That is when that happened. I no, mean, the, I was not there. Yeah. The, I mean, the worst thing about that was almost killing James. The second worst part was that the drive back to Buffalo, which was going to start at a reasonable, like, you know, 9, 9.30, and didn't start till about, like, 12.30 or later, I think, at that point. And we were that much further into PA. So that was a that was an interesting drive back with uh, Luke and Zach taking turns driving. Uh, Zach was regaling us with... Like trivia, like any and all trivia that he could find on his phone just to try to keep us like all engaged so that, you know, somebody wouldn't pass out and, you know, drive us off the road. So <laughs> fair. Nothing like a full day of, you know, full day of driving down there, riding and then driving back at the, you know, butt crack of a new day. So, yeah, well, and you were at the like the worst pocket right there, too, that. Anytime I've done like long overnight drives, the three to four o'clock window is the absolute worst. Oh yeah. It was garbage. So. After that, like five to six kind of, you're starting to catch some like light from the sun rising mm-hmm. and you can kind of trick yourself into the morning routine yeah. and you're like, All right, I'm up now. Yeah. No nope, that nope. three to four window, man, that is the worst. Pitch black darkness and you're already exhausted after riding all day. Perfect. <laughs> That's probably when you would have been getting home, right? Like 4, 4.30 after that. I mean, if we would have left at 9. 1. We would have been home by 1. It's reasonable. So, But, no. Very, sorry, I digress. Very flattering that you actually wanted to talk to me. That's really weird. I find that odd. I don't know why. It's like, uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> just because you're an interesting dude with a different mindset. So. Like, you can only talk to so many of the same people that every trick they do is a bar spin or a bar spin. 
or a bar spin into something or a bar spin out of something or, or two bar spins. A nolly bar. Yeah, nolly bar. Uh, sometimes a 180 bar. Um, Smith's nolly bar, half fall off. Bar catch bar. Oh, bar catch bar. Half bar. No, ground. half bars aren't cool. No one does half bars. I can ground bar. I can't really like, I can't bar bar. <laughs> By bar bar, I just mean like bar spin period, so. I thought you meant like bar catch bar. Oh, I should try that. I'm going to learn that. I'm going to learn that right now. James, grab my bike. <laughs> yep. Live if, the audio gets, if the audio gets a little choppy, you'll know why. I'm trying to bar catch bar, so. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like just having different thoughts and I don't know, just something different. I like. I guess would be a. Ugh, how do I articulate this? I guess the approach that I take to riding is different because of the limitations that I. Like have put on myself, or just like when I got started and whatnot. It's like I mean, James, when did you start riding? When you were like four, five, something like that. Like. I mean, like going to the skate park. I was like twelve. Yeah. So you started. Like, basically BMXing for real, not just riding a bike at 12. Yeah. How about you? 10. Okay. So, 19. So, I mean, I rode a bike. You know, we jumped off curbs and crap and stuff like that, but never, like, you know, there was no real BMXing and stuff like that. So, it was a very late start. So, all those fundamentals that you got locked down where it was, like, you know, your tabletops and your turndowns and all that stuff you were trying... I didn't learn that stuff. I learned Flatland, and then I started doing some other stuff at the park, but I'm not going to jump, you know, a stair set. I'm not going to, like, you know, air out of a quarter, like, you know, five feet, you know. So basically it was like, well, I tried some of that stuff for a while when X Wheels was around. You know, tried, you know, going bigger, trying to do things, and it just, it wasn't fun. It sucked. And I knew I wasn't going to start doing tail whips. So I was like, well, let's just try doing stuff that other people aren't doing not like with any real plan it just kind of that's what it evolved into so yeah well that, so that's kind of the other side of that that i i like sometimes you see people doing they're being different to be different and i've never gotten that impression out of the way that you ride or anything it's just like I don't know, man i'm just doing what i think is fun at any given point in time yeah. and sometimes Doing whatever will work. Yeah. And I think it's what that's you know, a number of years ago, basically it was like struggling with like, you know, feeling like you were not progressing or not going to keep up with everyone else. And it was like, well, I walked away from it for a little while, like for almost an entire summer. And then when I came back, I was like, well, I just want to have fun. I just want to do the stuff that I think is cool or that I enjoy doing. And that's what it evolved into. It was like, you know what? This is neat. It's like, it doesn't have to be big and flashy or, you know, it doesn't have to be what everybody else likes. So if I'm happy with it, that's all that really matters. And mm -hmm. if you, you may hear like Ricky talking about it, it's like, as, as you get older, which you eventually will. And yeah, I know baby James, over yeah, here. baby James and whatnot. And even you, I mean, at some point it's like, it's, you get to that point where you realize like, holy crap, it's like, I can't, not that I can't, but it's like, you know, the risk versus reward to, like, launch off of something crazy. It's like, eh, you know. Well, it's even, there's a component of upkeep of skills, too, that, you know, when when I was 15, I could get out of school and ride every day. When I was 19, I was making that happen a lot. 
25 and you're like, man, I'm pretty busy at work. Like I'm catching a session, maybe like a short one every night, but not the sessions you used to have or not every night. Mm -hmm. And then like 31 now, I don't, I don't know how old you are. <laughs> uh, if you even want to go down that road. Oh yeah. Keep it a secret. <laughs> no, that's okay. But yeah. like, it's just not something that you can't ride often enough to maintain your existing trick set, let alone like really zone in and learn anything of difficulty. So yeah, you just kind of pick what you're good at, pick what you like doing and you mm. run with it. Yeah. And so you're, you're 31. Awesome. I'm 41 going on 42. So it's like just the wear and tear starts to get to you after a while, but you know, we can still do it. So have fun with it. And it's, What's what I find interesting and what's actually been rather um, invigorating over the last years is stuff like Instagram and finding like guys like Ryder and Black, Montana Ricky, um, Adam Batten, a couple other guys that just, they're older dudes, but it's like they've still got this, they're still contributing in their own unique way. And it's um, it's really just kind of neat to see that because you don't necessarily get that in your local scene all the time. Um, and actually in the last couple of years, like getting a whole bunch of our crew that's into their later years of BMX, which is late twenties, some mm -hmm. even to their early thirties. It's like, you know, kind of like getting us reinvigorated. Um, it's just cool. It just, it, it brings some life back, you know, otherwise you're hanging out there with, you know, 18 year old kids that are just so hungry, you know, mm -hmm. cause they're all about, you know, sponsorship game or they just want to, you know, they got that cool guy factor going on. It's like the, the crew that I hang out with, we just want to have fun. And it's like, it's like, yeah, there are guys that can dial it up. It's like, I mean, Zach and Josh can, you know, go out there and probably throw contest runs if they want to, but we can also have a really chill session and, you know, land up with three dudes on the same bike at some point. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good check, you got to you got to check you got to check the visual for that one. That one's really that you know. should be the picture for the YouTube video. What's immensely disappointing <laughs> is that we pulled it first try at the at the jam this year there's no video proof of it. Like not a single person was running video at that moment. <laughs> it's like, you know, we're doing the, the, uh, the rat guts, um, like old man flatland session yeah. basically. And it's like, we're like, dude, let's redo it. Yeah, let's do it. And like first go, it's like, like, boom, like got all three of us on there. Like, you know. explain it better for the people who like have no clue what we're talking about. Okay. So basically, um, I start riding forward. Um, Zach's in front of me and then he gets around like this and basically, he lands up in this position and then hops on Love and the then from behind <laughs> I know Josh comes and eventually the way that he's able to eject and get on as well. So you basically land up with it's, it's so complicated three people on three. If you can, bikes. if you can see the way I'm moving right now, that would actually help to really explain it. Did you check the um, YouTube? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, basically <laughs> the first time it took us about a half hour to get it right. Yeah. And then, like I said, at the jam, just through the, lining up with the stars in the universe basically we did it like one and done which so is, is it amazing. like standing on the pegs yeah basically so kind of people on three, three people kind of eiffel towered yeah. so you know <laughs> sweet yeah it's uh it's interesting it's a uh, jump on it's a very very interesting visual um <clears throat> but uh yeah i really wish somebody would have captured that because that was that was a magical moment i think the the key component to take away is eiffel towering on a bike 
Yeah. And that's that's really all you need Kevin to envision. Kevin was in the middle. Of course he was. We well, the star you know, of the show, man. <laughs> if you're if you're gonna get love, it well. Get it from both sides. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, but that but that's I guess what comes from uh. Here you go. Here, here's a visual for you. So, but uh. I mean, if you're gonna go out and ride your bike, you know, go and have fun doing it because if you're not having fun, what's the point? So, I think it like just being in the older range, and I think James is pretty much there. Like, James is there mentally. He well, <laughs> yeah. If he really wanted to, and he took his like all of his effort into it, he could still do something. Okay. And the thing I'm, is, I'm he's... watching this happen now, but. It just isn't really something that's gonna like develop. You need there's definitely effort involved. Right. Yeah, I I can't ride Ooh, so good, much just because good of my switcheroo. Job. Oh, you even got the high five in the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> that is a party. <laughs> but yeah, like I can't uh, really ride so much just because like of my job. I'm on the road. Like yeah. I was just on the road for damn near six weeks straight. Like I can bring my bike out there, but it's fucking Minnesota. Well, and you, like, who are you riding with at that point? Yeah. You know, like, you can get out there. You could really hit people up on in Instagram. But I don't know. I, basically, where I was going with that is that it brings it back to just core riding. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you're not out there chasing the dream. You're not hungry for a sponsorship or free parts or anything like that. You're you're out there having fun with your friends riding a bike and it's nothing more, nothing less. Absolutely. Just for the love of it. So, you know, uh, speaking of which, if anyone does want to sponsor me, I'm very cheap. So it's like, I'll gladly like, you know, fly your colors for little to no pay. So, you know, <laughs> hashtag sponsor me. So. <laughs> uh, even less Less than pay, just a discount. Yeah, dude. It's like I'll I'll, I'll even buy your stuff, you know. If you're... <laughs> just like a, a flow discount. <laughs> just not charge me tax would be good. So, <laughs> give me free shipping discount. So, so I keep that in mind. Kevin is available. <clears throat> he is whoring himself out pretty cheap. Say, as long as you don't expect too much, you won't be disappointed. So, <laughs> If you don't expect anything, you can't be disappointed at all. That's true. And I think, actually, that's kind of funny. That was one of the, uh, I think it was Matt, like, we were talking about, like, riding and stuff like that. And it's, it somehow came out that it's like, well, it's like if you're doing something that nobody else is doing, they can't say you're doing it wrong. So, like, that's true. So, you know, if you're you're doing a trick that no one else is doing, and it's like, well, what do you mean I'm doing it wrong? It's like. Nobody else is doing this, you know, trick that needs to be described with a paragraph. So, you know. Headstand. Yeah. I'm surprised there's not more people doing that. That should, it's kind of disappointing. I'd like to see somebody else do it. There's other people doing the sliders. And yeah. they're like really taking that stuff up many, many times. Yeah, notches. did you see the one the other day? Yeah, uh, everybody like tagged me in that. 1080 thing. Like, or something. <laughs> I figured like, that's why I didn't. Well, it's like. You know, Tate's been doing them for a while. He's, he, but he's doing them on like the pedal, um, pedal no pegs. Brant and I were both doing it on the pegs, I think. 
Yeah, I, I think he was I remember doing, doing it way back at East Coast Terminal. I used to do it because they had the super smooth concrete okay. floor. You just lay it down, stand up on it, and pretty much do a 180, mm-hmm. and then ride out fakie. Right. But I saw a clip of Taj doing it. It, and I've heard like other people, like, like I think the Gons did it or something like that. And it's like, it's one of those tricks that's just kind of like, I think it's collectively has existed throughout time. And it's just like certain individuals pick up on it and it's like, it's like, oh, it's like, no, it's not new. It's just nobody does it. So I'm really curious as to what that surface was that that kid was on because that looked really cool. And it's like 360 has been done. I just don't think I can get it to go anymore without like a really like a super slick hard concrete or like a a heavily painted surface or something like that. So my guess is that he was on his pedal and using some of like the momentum that you can hook into the pedal to keep whipping it around. And it looked kind of slightly downhill too as well. So that kind of helped. And plus he's not dragging pegs. So that's Mm -hmm. um, you start sliding pegs across that concrete. It's. Even the skate park here locally that it had whatever the glaze on it. I think it's this has worn off over the years. It's that was the best spot to do it. And actually they painted that one section to the back. Um I can slide the entire length of it on my pegs. Like I'm like laying down. So if they painted a whole big section on it, I'm sure we could pretty much like rip on it. So but I think they decided to not paint the rest of it because they realized that that cost a lot of money and it's like well we could actually just put it in the park instead of painting it to look pretty so plus that it also kind of turns into a death trap with any like water or anything like that yeah well that guy did it uh still sitting down on the seat pretty much he like had both his feet on the pedals too like how you and i've done it in the past it's like more standing yeah it's kind of a side side stand where yeah the tape the tape version is basically like a like a sit down yeah. It's like an ass slide, if you will. Yeah. So, but. I mean, his name's pretty appropriate for it. Super bike slide. It's just like laying it down mm-hmm. on a motorcycle. Yeah. And that's, right in the corner. That's the kind of, those are the kind of riders that I, that I like to watch. It's like, I like to see people like Tate and Eric and guys that just like do stuff that's a little bit off. And it's like, you know, it's, you watch so many street edits now or like Instagram clips. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like not taking away from that is hard, but it's like, it's just boring. <laughs> it's like I, I get it. Yeah. There there was a really good period of time and it happened almost hand in hand with when we started Grindworks. I just stopped watching edits and stopped paying attention to BMX in general and doing whatever I wanted to do, which like still falls pretty I would say in line with conventional bmx mm-hmm. but think, yeah you kind of miss out on a lot of the stuff that's going on and then when you when you do try to tie back in you're like i'm not really that into this like yeah there was a there was a time where you probably checked like ride bmx <clears throat> every day for whatever the you know <clears throat> the newest clips were the newest like short edit or yeah, the come up board for any any happenings and whatever, and just I think that that's, being involved. That's I think when I kind of stopped following a lot. It was like when the come up became popular. It's like I just wasn't digging it, and it just wasn't like this was pre Instagram, like, but like post internet really kind of taken off. So maybe it was like 
2010, 2011-ish, where it was like, you know, heavy, checking every day kind of thing. Now it's like, if it's not on the Instagram, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to BMX websites. Do BMX websites even exist anymore? I don't know. We Are we past that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, to touch on another podcast, <laughs> I was listening to Imprimatur, the newest Ryan Fudger okay episode i think and he was talking about uh like they use their their website they post stuff there it shares it to facebook so Mm -hmm. they post stuff there but they kind of reserve their instagram for like premium content like they'll post anyone's video right to the website they'll post anyone's video to the, The 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 facebook just because their website posts it to their Facebook when they publish. But they're not posting everyone's like one minute promo for their edit on their Instagram. Hmm. They're reserving it for either the really highlight stuff or they're paying sponsors. That's interesting because I think probably back when I was paying attention, it was like if you were landing up on the website... You oh, the, the, the website the, was the, the end you, goal. You were the shit. It was like, bam! It's like you got, you made it. You got on there, thing. So, well, mm. so if you listen to that episode of of that podcast, it's actually an interesting. What's, what's discussion. that podcast? Just we want to get a side promotion here. So, Imprimatur BMX. Okay, who who hosts that? that? Mike Hinkins. Okay, so I figured maybe you can get maybe a shout back yeah. at some point. So. <laughs> uh, but he did one with Trey Jones. And then the immediate follow-up was with Ryan Fudger. And basically, there's a discussion going on about owning the at BMX Instagram handle Mm -hmm. and reserving it for the premium paid sponsorship posting when at BMX should or could be everybody collectively. And who are they to say what BMX is or is not? Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting discussion, and I I can see both arguments on it, because in theory, that's going to exist no matter what, and I would assume it's better that they define what at BMX is rather than, like, some idiot, but yeah, I don't know. It, it just... When I was listening to that episode, it sounded a little bit contradictory, like the saying that, no, it, it's not limiting BMX, but then saying that it's reserved for their premium content only. Yeah. It's kind of, I there's, don't know, if you listen to it and you've got an opinion, then it is what it is, but it, I'm probably not summarizing it appropriately. Either. I guess there's always been like a gatekeeper mentality to some degree with, you know, within any sport, any, or any, whatever you want to call this, I'm going to call it a sport and probably get yelled at, so... It's lifestyle. You know, it's like when it was magazines, it was like, you know, what got printed? It was either who you knew or whatnot or it, well, or, or who got paid to be in there or, or whatever. It's like, you know, you weren't getting, you know, your small-time folks. Yeah, well, and, here's here's $1,000 to help with your magazine and, and promote company ABC, but I also expect to see ABC riders in the magazine. Right. Nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, 
there's to some degree it's like all right well abc writers then have to be doing something cool in order to get published and they'd be in there anyway right but i don't know i mean i I think it's it's kind of a tough line to walk for for media i have no obligation on either side of this so i don't don't feel swayed to not talk about it but like well, at one point, I'm sure it was like if you got your picture in a magazine or whatnot, that was like, wow, that's awesome. You know, that's so cool, you know. And then, uh, what do you call it? You land up, uh, you know, when internet came along, and it's like you land up on the website, and that's cool. And now it's like, well, you can post up your own stuff and get, you know, like through Instagram or whatnot. And it's like you can post up your own videos. It's like there, you don't have to have a filmer. You don't have to have a guy that does editing. It's like you can literally do all this stuff yourself now. And, and it's like, it's a leveling field to some degree, but... Well, you don't have to follow the stuff that's lame, too, which is kind of a cool thing and a bad thing for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Like, it's really hard to promote a lame brand <laughs> on Instagram because people just won't follow you. That's true. So you got to put out something of quality. So that's why Grindworks has so low... That's true. Uh, <laughs> <count>. <laughs> well, like going into what you were saying about like the paid advertising and everything. Fast forward to like the come up when the come up first came out. It was like get the little man's name out there, and then after pretty much around the same time, Instagram popularity started taking off. It became just their crews, not really too much of anyone else. But like when I remember when it first started, like the first couple years or so. It was like trying to like people could upload their stuff on there and it was like they're promoting like the little guy. Yeah. Well, and right at the beginning when they would post anyone's stuff, it was kind of just like way too much. Yeah. So you had to dial it back and now it's being screened and you're like, all right, there's at least a bare minimum level of quality to get right. on the site. And I think that's needed. But the question is, always going to be what is that line where's that cut off and you know why did your video make it and mine didn't or vice versa yeah <clears throat> like if and it's hard to say it's like there's a a minimum level of writing level that needs it's like well yeah it's like you don't want just a kid just you know pedaling at a ramp but it's like well what if his video quality is not that good, but his tricks are cool? Or it's like, it's it's stuff that's different and weird, you know? It's like... So you're asking where your come-up post is? I don't know. I, I never posted anything to the come-up, <laughs> so it's like... Like I said, I dropped off. I can honestly say I have zero exposure to the come-up. I don't think I've ever really wandered around on there. I think that's when I dropped off of, like, that. So, like, hearing you guys talk about it, I kind of find it interesting. It's kind of like, oh, it's like... So that's what it was like, you know? For a short period of time. Yeah. I mean, you guys had the MySpace too, right? And stuff like yeah. that. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So you didn't have that either. So. Oh, uh, MySpace was cool. I mean, that weird, like, generational gap area where it's, you know, it's like almost like a boomer on Facebook, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't share you, this. You were, you were the reason we all resisted Facebook for a while. We're like, uh, we don't want to end up like Kevin. Probably. God, it's so lame. <laughs> Everyone else is on Facebook, and you're, like, trying to hold out to MySpace because it's not Facebook. <laughs> I just remember jumping onto, like, you know, 
Facebook and stuff like that and whatnot. And then all of a sudden everybody jumped to Instagram. It's like, damn it. It's like, what's next? You know, everybody's on the TikTok or, you know, whatever. So I don't even know what TikTok is, but I've heard that a few times recently. I just, I, I remember the ads were like cancer for a while. So it was yeah. like the new Vine. They were trying to turn it into like the new Vine thing where it was like a short video clip that you would just do dumb stuff on. But you could also like edit music into didn't it. Didn't Vine fail? Yep. <laughs> So let's bring that back. Hey, you know, it's got to fail twice before you <laughs> really write it off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like Instagram enough. Yeah. Social media is weird, too. It's like, I don't know. It's it's neat, but it's also like kind of a, a weird pain in the ass kind of thing. So. It's like, it's like, why are you stressing over like people liking your stuff? Especially when likes today are gone tomorrow. Like they just, nothing matters. Yeah. I, I never will probably understand stories or Snapchat or anything like that. Like I always looked at Snapchat as the stuff that you record that's not even worth posting to Instagram. <laughs> so... In that regard, I always look at it like, why even bother posting it at all? If you're deeming this not worthy, why are you posting it? And then they brought brought it over to Instagram with stories, and you're like, so you want to show me what you didn't think was cool. <laughs> why do I want to see that? being uncool is cool. Remember that. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like a... If you hit stories and you start going through them you're like don't care don't care don't care why am i here and just close it <laughs> i don't know that's my opinion on it is that it's stuff that was not worth posting but you posted it anyway oh yeah let's get deep and philosophical in here so yeah i don't know i use like instagram for like pretty much strictly bmx stuff and like sometimes my cat mm -hmm. so like i feel like snapchat is like Frogs. here's me being yeah. this is me vlogging without actually vlogging almost like this is what i do when i'm being boring i use snapchat to talk to james and i haven't even done that lately so <laughs> i'm the only one that snapchats him i think you're, i think you're my only snapchat friend <laughs> I, I know it's all right i'm gonna touch on this one real quick but i do want to come back to that <laughs> James is the only one that Snapchats me, as nice. he said. And it takes me, I don't know, sometimes up to like three weeks to reply to him. And I'll just like spam him too, like but once it'll every be a couple bunch. days. I'll be, on, I'll be honest, James. Actually, you know, the reason I, if, if you have Snapchatted me, um, the reason I probably haven't replied is because my new phone does not have my Snapchat on it. It's still on my <laughs> old phone. So, oh, wait, it's on here, but I don't think it's actually logged in. Let's see. Uh, username. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. I can't even get, I can't even get past the username, so it's like I wouldn't even be able to say like, yeah, what's my password? I'm confused. So, huh? Did uh, anyone ever tell you to stop it, Kevin? Stop what? Stop. So during the last podcast that I was in, or the maybe even the one before that, <laughs> I think I it was the very last one. Yeah. It, it was something about. I'd have to listen back through for the context, but it was when you were 
making your quarter pipe for the lip lords thing oh about the cut line <laughs> but then there was something in the podcast that was to say to to send you a dm to just stop or stop it <laughs> and then i waited about two months to post the podcast so it was going to be really funny if anyone did it that you'd be getting all these random messages that just say stop I know that it really bugged you that like I was you know saying something about precision or whatnot and then it's like you see no, this No, no, it didn't bother me. No. I I thought it was comical and I thought you were doing it on purpose. I thought it was that you were highlighting that you missed. <laughs> In a joking manner and that's why I thought it was so good and then you're like no, I didn't miss. That wasn't the line and I'm like <laughs> Not as funny anymore. Ah, oh, you ruined the joke. <laughs> Good job. Damn it. I just liked the idea of precision work over here, and you like missed it by about three <laughs> inches by the end. That's because the first time I drew the line, it was like then I went and remeasured, and I was like, "Whoa, this is gonna be way off." I mean, the fact that that ramp got built like within a very short amount of time, like half in the dark, like. And the fact that it like it survived me, and being taken to the jam. That's yeah, that's that's some precision shoddy work there. So, <laughs> I mean, it had other people hitting it, which I thought for sure it was gonna just yeah, didn't that combust? Who was it that was trying to flip out of uh, it? Yeah, Troy was trying to backflip it. It's that like was three t- feet tall, not even. It, who knows what the radius is? Like, yeah, it's like the tiniest kicker of your. Well, life. it it was a full size ramp, and I just cut it. Yeah. Because I basically said I have four. I have a four foot sheet of plywood that I can use, and that's that's how big it's gonna be. <laughs> so, um, and actually, Sasquatch landed up uh, like double peg stalling the top of it. Um, somehow, which is pretty gnarly. I don't know how he made that work, but. So even even that didn't destroy it. So yeah, like it's a good kicker, but for a flip, it's not a good kicker. Dude, that tiny one in this. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I'm not sure that I agree with you. I think it would be fine for like a little mini flip, uphill landing. Okay. Yeah, I've got. To, I definitely have to mess around with it a little bit more because the the last time that I rode it, I basically like landed on my ass. So out of a rollback. So that's. <laughs> We'll have to experiment some more, so. Get a good chiropractor, kids. That's It'll help you out in the future, so. <laughs> Pro tip. So, stretch. Touching back to Snapchat. Oh, touch, yeah. Uh, as I said, you're the only one that ever messaged, or sends me anything on it. <laughs> I have posted it on numerous occasions to the, the Grindworks Instagram. Add, and me, I, add me on Snapchat. It, well, I mean, if we're going on like a long drive, sometimes I'll post it up and just ha- hand my phone to the the passenger mm-hmm. and be like, eh, you're in charge for the next like six hours. Is this the Grindwork, spot, the grindwork Snapchat? Yeah. Or they, okay. And I mean, sometimes you'll get some interesting stuff going on, but I, I follow back anyone that will add it, even though I never look at it. But there's been occasions where that thing is blowing up, and I'm just like, I really hate Snapchat. <laughs> and 
it's just kind of funny. So bringing it up is like making me laugh that I put it at the end of every podcast. I shout out the Snapchat. And that every time, James is still the only one that sends me anything. I just, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I dicked around with it with you and it was kind of like, all right, this is cool. But like, I mean, it basically it's the same thing I get on Messenger yep. where I can send stuff back and forth and I can this and that. And it's like, if I'm posting stuff on Instagram, why am I posting on Snapchat yeah. for it to disappear? And I, I don't know. It's like <clears throat> more nefarious things, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Definitely. James, you can cl- clue us in. You're young. so Yeah, no, that's the only reason I was trying to get you to use it. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, yeah, James. All, all the dick pics. Not going not gonna... <laughs> to. Keeping that close to the vest, James. You ain't getting that. Not for free. <laughs> Got to sign up for premium. So. Premium snap. <laughs> <laughs> premium Snapchat. Oh, how long are we at? People be bored now, right? No, I just keep watching the battery because I haven't changed it in a while. Awesome. I have them with me, so it's quick, quick uh, intermission when that comes up. But we're at forty-nine minutes. I say we just all of a sudden it's like we just it just drops dead. We don't tell I mean, anybody, and we never address it. Yeah, never. <laughs> like it just ends there. But no, he, his last one was a four-hour one with Sam. So. Oh dear God! Who'd <laughs> want to listen to that? I don't know. Like I said, this, the whole concept is kind of weird, but it's like, you know, like doing the, uh, like we did your, your bike build yeah. as a live stream. And we, I did my bike build as a live stream. It's, just, it's I'm in my garage alone, but apparently 50 other people are like watching and, I, and commenting or like whatnot. It's, it's a very fishbowl kind of like thing. I think it's just whatever you're into. Like I would never consider myself at least at this point in my life into like bike checks or something like that. But there's gotta be people maybe even in their like late twenties, thirties, whatever that that's what they're into is like, they're just into the styles. They're into the colors. They're into matching and like Mm -hmm. the new builds. And like, if that's what you're into, that's awesome. Or like seeing how, what, geometries and crap that certain riders ride. yeah when we did our specs yeah when we did ours there was a lot of questions on specs yeah they were questioning a whole bunch of stuff so and it's like funny to some degree you're like i don't know man why don't you just google it (laughs) like if you want to know what the specs of this frame are then google this frame and you can find that all out it's okay go go to the website and then you know (laughs) there's usually a link on uh, instagram so But uh, overall, like, I, I get where where those views and stuff come from because I don't think that that market is as saturated as, like, edits. You know, if you want to watch good riding, there's good riding left and right. Everywhere you want to look, you can find good edits here or there. To look at, like, a good wheel build or bike build or just nicely styled and put together and then hosted by someone that has a good following too like Brant's following is pretty solid mm-hmm. um, so I, I think he's just finding what his viewers like to see yeah. and then cater to it a little bit too 
it is it is kind of fun and interesting to like you know to do you know wheel build off challenge with them or something like that mm-hmm. and it's like you don't see that you know or you know a lot of times you do and it's like you know it's shoddy quality or just like you know it's it's kind of entertaining to to see it kind of like come to life right in front of you so or i mean sometimes it's just that the person doing it sucks too and you're like you're not entertaining I know how I would be if I was trying to record myself building a wheel and I've been asked to do this with that four cross all inside. Oh, I know Luke was, put, Luke was hitting you up for questions put, on that. Put so. a wheel build video together on that. And I'm just like, yeah, but I focus on it so much that like, it's hard I, to be hard to be entertaining. I could probably do it live. Like if I live streamed it mm-hmm. and I had actual questions popping up there, I could interact. But to do it as, like, sit down in a room and record a how-to video for it, I don't see how I could make that happen. I'm pretty sure I would just sit there quietly and, like, do it. Well, that's the thing. Something like building a set of wheels is, like, you have to concentrate on it. So it's, like, it's easy to skip a hole or to, like, you know, make that one cross wrong, and then it's, like, all of a sudden it's, like, the pattern's blown. It's, like... I built a wheel set uh, last week, and it's like, you know, Dennis was sitting here, and you know, building. We're watching. Uh, I think it was one of like Montana Ricky's. I think it was uh, the Brant Montana Ricky live stream, and it's like, one wheel did perfectly fine. Next one, it's like, I goof something up, and it's like, as I got to that fourth cross, and I realized like, at the valve hole, I crossed over. Yeah, yeah and I'm like, like, and I'm just like, son of a bitch. I'm like. It's it's like it's workable, it's fine, but it's like every time he's gonna go to put air in his tire, it's gonna be a pain. And I'm like, yeah, can't do this. I went yep, and like I un- rip mine out every time I do that. Yeah, went then- undid everything, and I was like, because I all because I twisted the after the first two crosses, I twisted them the wrong way. Instead of twisting it, you know, this way, I twisted it that way. And I was like, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I guess we're undoing all those books. <laughs> Yeah, and see, I know a lot of people that just live with it, and it's like, well, it's not my wheel. They're just going to have to deal with it. And it's like, yeah, but every, like, one, you did that as a service for someone, and now you're screwing them over. Mm-hmm. Two, you're also most likely looking for more wheel building jobs, and this person to recommend you to other people. And what you don't want is in the background, like, well, yeah, so and so built my wheel. And then, you know, hey, you don't want to use him. Like, <laughs> he, he's shoddy, doesn't care. Because some of it's just care. Like, I care how the wheels I build come out. And, like, when I don't take the extra couple seconds to line up the very first pass so that the logo's kind of in line with the valve stem hole, just like, it's a cosmetic thing. It doesn't make one bit of functional difference. Oh yeah, it's like when I when I put the tires on like the wheel set I built for uh, for Colin. It was like line that up, you know, Valstan label. It's like you know just and because the the second wheel always like if I have the logos facing one way and the the font on the rim, I like them to match. It's a little thing, but yeah, it's a difference. So, but it's it's like all the little things come together to be like, wow, you do a great job or like collectively this wheel is pretty shoddy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like your spokes cross over, they don't line up. Like just you didn't tension it well. Because that's the thing I hate about anyone else that builds wheels. Other than like, I know Derek's always been good with mine and I always do it too. Is over tension them. Because the last thing you want is a week later to have jello spokes. Mm-hmm. Like, they, well, I just gotta, built this wheel. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, they got to be tensioned up and stuff like that. But there is some onus on <clears throat> the owner of that wheel set that when I tell you, ride it for a while, come back to me. Mm-hmm. You know, hit, you know, hit it a couple times and whatnot and come back. Let me double check everything. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah. don't come to back, back to me for nine months... Yeah, your stuff's gonna be jacked. <laughs> it's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't or if like you're if the... you're doing if you're they're able to do the maintenance on their own, where it's like, hey, you ride it, things get a little bit loose, go quarter turn everything, you know, just do a quarter turn pass like once or twice, and that'll get you back up to snuff. Yeah, that's great, but you know, if you ignore that wheel set for the next nine months, guess what's gonna happen? It's like, mm-hmm. they're gonna be wonky. <laughs> yeah, like when when everyone runs off of like a tension meter and everything and they do it exactly to like manufacturer recommended spec your your wheel's not actually tight. <clears throat> manufacturer recommended what now? Oh uh, yeah, I know. They don't Ten- t- they don't tell you anything. Tension meter uh, tensiometer? Yeah. Okay. I don't have one. I go by feel. It, it's almost always straight. <laughs> I do have a really baller, like, you know, park stand that makes sure that all my stuff is straight. So then I usually have a frame standing by too, so I can always double check and make sure that it's actually lined up and dished correctly. So, yeah, I always check that. I've got a pretty good park stand. I wanted the one with the indicator on it, but I also know myself. (laughs) And I'm like, if I have a verifiable measurement of how close it is, it's never going to be good enough. I'm going to be like, I can get it closer. And I know that I've been using this park stand for so long that it's like basically it's a part of me at this point. So I know it's like, you know, mm-hmm. I know when it's close. So <laughs> it, it, most of the time, you know, when it's close before you ever even put it on the stand, like just in the build phase, you get it pretty tight. Everything's starting to tension up and you're like, by feel, you know, you're pretty good. And James's wheels haven't blown up yet, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, those ones. Well, the, not the not the pre-built ones, but the the ones. Before oh, the that. ones before. Yeah, no, the ones before the ones are good. In, the I've tightened them up a couple times. Ones on the AOD, so. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta. I actually have um, Kean's wheels at my house. I've had them for four weeks now, and I haven't built them yet. Oh, what? You're you're not expected to turn things around in twenty four hours or less. <laughs> That's no. what I've done for some people around here, where it's like. Like, when can you get them? I'm like, I'll, I'll have them by Friday. Can I have them Saturday? I'm not getting the parts till Friday. <laughs> it's like, I'll uh, do what I can. <laughs> he was borrowing a wheel from someone. That's the landline. Interesting. What? What is that? Can you explain for the young ones? Yeah, well, you see, there's, there's this thing called a telephone that used to be attached to the wall via cord. Uh, let's see what's going on here. So. Okay, got us back on now. Uh, oh, shit. So that, that was your sponsor call, right? That yeah. was, yeah. I mean, I don't know how 
they were able to pick up on the podcast, but I know it like didn't even uh, air yet. It's amazing. It's like apparently they just must have been listening in through you know the collective you know BMX freestyle hive mind and just realized that hey, this guy's available and he's cheap. Yeah, I mean so, that's that's awesome that it happened that quick for you. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, now now we need to have a party. That's true. All right. James, get on it. So. <laughs> Who was it? Let's, uh, uh, not allowed to speak of it at this oh. moment. So. You know. Yeah, I mean we can't drop that out. They need to make their official posts and stuff. Yeah, gotta, it's, it's the rules of social media. You know, you can't post it beforehand and stuff like that. Sworn to secrecy. Um, I mean, you remember back when uh, Shadow first came out, when you know guys were getting like abducted and stuff like that, and it was kind of like very hush hush, you know. That whole. Uh, well, he said Shadow, so it's not Shadow. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is. It's just to throw us off the scent. Mm. Damn. You know, if you see what's hanging on the wall over there, it's you know kind of yeah in- indicative of you know who it could have been, but you know more know. visual stuff. Yeah, I don't even know if he's still involved. Check the. Um, if you're listening to the audio, just check YouTube. You'll see where I'm pointing. Um, <laughs> Timestamp is uh, 1 minute 37 seconds. Yeah, true. <laughs> for the second recording. <laughs> yeah, for, no, for, no. for the second half. So, um, No, I, I, can't, I can't say that I'm, I'm completely unsponsored. It's like, you know, it's like I've, I've got my hookups and whatnot. So I have people that take, take good care of me. Ricky, Ricky over at Merit takes very good care of me. Uh, I've referred to him as my rubber daddy, and then I looked that up and realized that that was probably the wrong thing to say. Um, <laughs> he keeps me he keeps me rolling with uh, with my tires, my Charlie grips. Um, my son Charlie, you may have seen him. He's kind of tall. Uh, and then uh, my boys over at Blackout, they kind of they take good care of me, especially Ryan. He's uh, he's been very supportive of me over the years, so I cannot complain. So he also knows I come cheap, so been trying to get uh, one of the rider spots on mission for a while now but he says that they don't have riders but i think that's just an excuse so you know <laughs> so he's like yeah we don't well, have well then, then it's a perfect time to add someone that's cheap and or free it's basically what i told him it's like and then he said you know i, I you know i don't think you understand how sponsorships work and i was like oh I'm like can i get free stuff <laughs> I'll even pay for it, you know. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, bad sense of humor. So, dad sense of humor. So, love a dad sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, he knows where I'm at. So, <clears throat> damn, it feels like the that 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 landline phone call, like you know, <laughs> kind of took the steam out of this here. I don't know how much longer we can go. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure. I don't. It doesn't matter. Anytime we like start out or have a break, there's always just that like where were we moment. That that ramp up mode again. So yeah, and like typically uh, it's a little bit easier for me when we're doing it at the apartment and I've got like the video set up because we just have our like normal discussion going on. It's like, all right, you ready to start this? Let's go. And then you can dive right into an intro and dive right into whatever. And you've already done like the, it's not even prep work. Cause it's not like you discuss like a plan or anything, but you've done your um, introductions and settled in That's versus true. like, 
this I'm like fumbling with it right up until I'm like, at this point let's let's just start it. Let's just roll, do it live. And then everyone has to fall into the environment and like figure it out. And then plus like we can't can't fall back on like visual gags and stuff like that for you know for those that aren't watching on the yeah YouTube, yeah so. people that aren't on the YouTube. It just makes it really tough. So, <laughs> but you know, we should do that for. Uh, for the next time you come up here, so Steve, you haven't even left. I'm already planning for the next time. It's like well, maybe we'll pull through the, uh, we'll pull through the archives, and we'll like you know, that'll actually give me a chance to get everything organized too as well, and we can just start pulling out like random like BMX weirdness and you know, play like a guessing game. It's like what's this for? You know, yeah. whose bright idea was this? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <laughs> what purpose does this serve? <clears throat> or how many of these broke? You know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How long did this part last? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that you probably... Did you ever, like, make stuff for your bike? Or you're just like, I mean, I know you make stuff for other people's bikes, but did you make, ever make stuff for your own bike? And be like, yeah, this would be a great idea. And it's like, you put it together and it explodes, like, the very first time you use it, so... Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any examples of that, and... I can't really come up with any for my bike, but I know some people that have like made their own hub guards thinking it's going to be a great idea. And then it just like explodes. Uh, I have a buddy that made square pegs at one point. That sounds like a great idea. Not Not really. (laughs) Maybe octagons, maybe. The the square was just funny because like if you feebled a lot, it would kind of like rock itself to flat for feebles. <laughs> but then if you tried to double peg anything, it was like stabbing it with a point. That's awesome. I think I made a, uh, I think I made a hub guard out of a CD once, and, and it's a lot of contact area. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I made a bash guard one time out of Lexan. Like that worked out pretty good. I made like a quarter guard. That mm-hmm. actually held up for quite a while. And actually, after having some discussions with you just recently, I realized that you probably have a much more precision mindset, like where you're talking about like measuring things and stuff like that, where I'm just kind of like, yo, we're going to hack this together with an angle grinder. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's like, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I like that option as well. Uh, I just, I think it just comes with like my background though. That's true. Of being in mechanical engineering that, like, I tend to not just wing it. Oh, wing is fun. Except <laughs> yeah. that wall ride at the, or not even wall ride, that extension out of the satellite a couple years ago, two years ago. Yeah, at the, at the Binghamton Jam at HCS. To be fair, I wasn't heavily involved in that. Yeah, that's I let true. you guys run with it. That is true. <laughs> I knew what I wanted to do with it, and it's like, yeah, but let's just use the pallet and lean it up on a thing. And I'm like, go for it. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> it held together even after some kid flew across the entire thing and body checked it like five mm. times. Oh, it was more than five <laughs> times. <laughs> the piano was fun this year, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, it's was like, cool. I, that was last minute fine. Yeah. I realized that I think that was, I think I was still, I still had the ankle brace at full at full capacity at that point and it's like i before i cut the the straps off of it 
It's like I needed that little bit more flexibility, and I think if I would have had that, I probably could have hit it a little bit better. But I did almost double peg it. Not quite, but you know, didn't get back in. But it was. <laughs> I'm surprised that that piano held up as long as it did. And also, the so, sounds coming out of it was pretty awesome as well. <laughs> so the next day, when we went to like tear everything down, you know how right on the corner there, it kind of like double steps, so it's like a step down. Yep. We shot it down that gap, <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't break. It's a pretty solid piece of, uh, you know. We, we were very equipment. impressed by that piano. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. So we saying that for the Heroes and Zeros Jam next year, we find somebody that wants to get rid of a piano for free? You just go to my old place. all day long. Should we see how many pianos we can get? How many pianos might be the challenge? That'd be fun to ride across all the piano keys. I like where you're going with this. What if we put piano roller to coaster piano, piano grinds? <clears throat> we do piano to piano, yeah, like that, like just you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Ooh, that could be interesting. I don't know. My dad like is supposed to be paying rent on the house that I grew up in, but I don't think that's happening. But everything i grew up with is still in there and there's a piano and two hutches up there hmm i do like the idea of like grabbing a whole bunch of free stuff and like building a bunch of crazy stuff at that park but also it's a town park and i really am not sure what we can get away with although we did basically bring like two box jumps and a spine last year yeah and we have received zero grief so I don't know if, you know, people are just looking the other way or if I just, if we're just able to get away with it. Uh, by the way, if you're wondering what we're referring to, it's the Heroes and Zeros Jam, which happens here annually. You can go to Brant Moore's channel for some cross-promotion of, like, some uh, footage of that jam so you can see what Buffalo BMX brings to the table uh, from a level of fun and awesome. And, uh, yeah, I would love to do that. I'd love to do, like, an obstacle course or stuff like that, but I'm just kind of wondering what the legal logistics of that are <laughs> well yeah and like it's sweet that you've been able to at least three years in a row now bring in a box jump on a trailer <laughs> and set up some stuff that's not in the park not park sanctioned <laughs> and have no issues with it but yeah like if you push that bar just a little bit too far you might blow up your whole spot and mm -hmm. not not even be able to do the jam at that park anymore. Right. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, <clears throat> it's like we're just, we'll kind of skate the line as it is. I mean, we kind of fall under the, uh, you know, we are raising money for the park, which is kind of cool. So it's like, you know, we have been able to donate some money there every year, which is nice, um, almost every year. Um, so for what it's worth, and it seems like it's a pretty positive vibe all around. Everybody seems to have a good time. No one ever really complains. So, I mean, there's people that live right across the street. You know, the cops usually swing by and give a wave, and it's all you can really hope for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's nice that it's a, it's actually like a pretty regular park in the city too, though, right? It's yeah, it's not a like off in the middle of nowhere sketchy park. It's right. A, it's, yeah, it's not like one of those parks where it's like normal. It goes down there, it goes down. It's in the middle of like Lancaster, which is, you know. Hello, suburbs. So. Yeah. Yeah, and to have a bunch of people there is not weird. Yeah. That's where, like, you can kind of run into that with some of the, like, 
I don't know what park would be equivalent up here, but I'm going to say Sheridan down in Pittsburgh. If you pack that place with a bunch of people, it's going to get noticed. Yeah, it's out of the ordinary that there's people there. Like, yeah, you know, one or two cars being there is completely normal. 50 cars being there is like real weird. It's probably the equivalent of like the Hamburg Park. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, like, bigger ramps and stuff, but, like, it's, like, popularity and how many people actually go there, probably the same equivalent. It's in a sketchy part of town, and it you it's, like, kind of in the woods. Like This one's not in, like, a sketchy yeah. part of town, but there's just no one ever there. Like, it's in a weird part of town right off the side of a highway. It's kind of hard to get to. But it would just draw attention if you had that many people there all the yeah. time. So, you know. We have a lot of people there, but I mean, you figure like the week before, like, you know, a local pool place had it basically like, you know, had the pavilion rented out and had a bounce house out there and all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. So yeah, there's but, always just park <clears throat> stuff going on at that park. True. So. so I think that works to your advantage in that regard. Like they're used to pop ups with like the inflatables or anything like that. So there, there have been times where I've debated whether I, you know go to the town and say like hey do you guys want to blah 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 and it's like well they might say no so it's almost better to just kind of like you know do it and be like oh i thought it was fine (laughs) yeah Yeah. and this park is like they're real chill with it as we've been saying but i remember we were looking at moving it to the buffalo skate plaza down at LaSalle. oh and they were trying to charge like a ridiculous amount of money yeah it was money plus you had to have insurance plus it was like which I understand, but it's also like, wow, it's like... You have insurance for the park. Like, yeah. we're not doing... We're just using the park. Yeah. So, to some degree, you're like, all right, cool, but what if I just have all these people show up at the park anyway? Like, Yeah, what if I just showed up there with a megaphone and yelled at people to do stuff on any given day? How different <laughs> would that be from like what we're trying to do? Yeah, and, like, I get it. When people do, like, a marathon event in the city, and it's like, okay, well, now we're looking to coordinate and shut down roads or do this, and there's otherwise there would be no insurance to cover this activity. Mm-hmm. So we're hosting an event. We need this insurance in place. But, yeah, it's never really made sense with skate parks. You're like, but you already have the insurance for this park. Yeah, and that's and I guess that's the weird thing is because like, you think like a skate park, it's not. It's not like an organized thing necessarily all the time. Like if you're like the baseball diamond next door to it, that baseball diamond when it is used is being used by either like the town league or the house league or the whatnot. It's like some league. It's like it's is organized. There's you know all people that have signed up to do the same thing. The skate park is kind of a weird organism that just kind of like. Well, you know, today there's 12 skaters there, and tomorrow there's, like, you know, three bikers, two kids on scooter. It's, like, it's, it's just I've kind of I've related it closer there. to a basketball court. Yeah. Where, like, sometimes you go there, and there's, like, a full-on pickup game and, like, a bunch of dudes standing around. Maybe two pickup games going on right. on these courts. Yeah, the other like, day, you got one kid and his dad just shooting baskets. Right. And it's like, you know, those guys playing like a like a full on pickup game, like did they have to like register or like you know, pre yeah, yeah, like, no, just... you showed up and the court was open, so you guys played. It's like Yeah, you just know that you guys all go on Tuesdays at six and <clears throat> Right. 
you play your pickup game and who you know if joe can't show up today then joe didn't show up and you had a bunch of other people or you played five on four no big deal because it's pickup games yeah. like no one cares but then again, I think we're oh, <clears throat> now that I'm thinking about it, we're you know as referring to baseball, it's like that's more of like an organized sport where it's like you know it's team based and stuff like that. Where most of our stuff is, it's an individual sport, but yet we have fun doing it together. It's, it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's we're, we're parallel play or something, whatever they call it. It's like you know, we're we're all doing the same thing, but we don't necessarily have to be doing it together. So, or with the same vehicle. <clears throat> True. Yeah. And honestly, it's like I'd rather have a couple people hanging out because as fun as it is to ride by yourself, it's also demotivating. It's like I'd rather have a bunch of people to like bounce mm-hmm. stuff off of or, you know, sit there and kibitz. So. Yeah, and sometimes it just tell you straight up, like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that was dumb. It's like, <laughs> or that's awesome. Keep doing it. So, you know. Yeah. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. All right, let's um you mentioned the heroes and zeros. You kind of explained what it is, but like who hosts that? What's your level in, of involvement in it? And like <laughs> what is it? Let's 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 go back to let's go let's go on the wayback machine on this one. So, <clears throat> long story short, that park exists because a kid named Bryce Buckholds who was into BMX, had his Aaron Ross orange soda, you know, Sunday bike, landed up getting hit and killed in a drunk driving accident, like on his bike. Totally sucks. Um, <clears throat> so basically a lot of like organizations started to like start raising funds for like a safe place for kids to ride their bikes and et cetera, et cetera. Um, as a lot of that fundraising was getting done, as they were getting closer, they decided to do like a BMX contest, you know, to help raise money and whatnot. And of course, there's no park in the area, so they do it at like the Polish Falcons. And it's like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, it's like, it's a bunch of suburban moms, like, you know, getting together a contest, which honestly, they did a great job, like, fundraising. They had a whole bunch of, like, you know, Chinese auction baskets and stuff like that. Um, and from what I can remember, it was like, they really didn't have any ramps. Um, so, kind of the point of a contest is to have some ramps so um i had a grind box here had a friend had a grind box and we brought a couple other things and some other people brought some stuff it was it was passable you know it was just like kind of fun you know more so than anything um it's like a parking lot jam pretty much yeah so i mean they they did a good job raising money though it was like it was more fundraiser than contest uh they they did one i think at x wheels yeah that was after i stopped working there that was after uh, yeah and I remember kind of just helping out and judging a little bit. I rode, but it was just more or less, I was just there to just kind of amp people up. Um, and then I helped them judge and stuff like that. And just basically when the park finally got built, you know, they kind of like, they did a, uh, they did like a contest kind of thing. And then, but at that point, it seemed like, you know, a lot of the kids that were in it, you know, this is going five, you know, three, four, five years out now. They start to kind of fade away from BMX as kids do. Um, and there was like that danger of this not staying on. Mm-hmm. So basically I landed up talking to the mom that was kind of mostly involved with it. And I said, like, do you mind if I take it over and just kind of run it and, you know, do whatever. It's like, I'm not going anywhere. It's like, I like, I understand that if your kid's not riding BMX anymore, that this is not something you're going to want to do every year. I'm like, you know, with your blessings, I'll just take it and run with it. 
So I was just doing it as like the memorial jam. And then uh, Jason Tober landed up coming up with the idea of doing like a Heroes and Zeros jam, kind of Western New York, kind of, you know, kind of like a homecoming, if you will. Um, and I think we were planning on running them as separate events. And I then, think they were separate events the first year, weren't they? I think at one point they were. I think because the, 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 the Bryce jam was more like a, it was like a competition. We were doing like beginner, intermediate, expert kind of thing, which... It's just what you did, you know. That was you know, your competitions. Mm-hmm. You're you know charging five bucks admission or entry fee, and that was getting weird. And it was like you had kids that would show up and not ride because they didn't have five bucks. And it's like, so we just decided at one point, and I can't even remember how far back. Just we called it the we called this one the fifth annual. I don't even know if it's the fifth annual or the fourth or whatever, but um, we just decided to kind of combine them and just call it just the you know the Western New York Heroes and Zeros Jam. And then there was an issue with that. There was we'll a slight issue with that, but luckily we have a veteran on our side, so we're good. Um, <laughs> so I can't remember. I think we just called, what do we call it? It's Heroes and Zeros Jam Yeah, it's just Heroes and Zeros after we that. We throw the Western New York in there every once in a while just to piss people off. Um, but <laughs> it's basically just an excuse to have a whole bunch of BMXers like descend on the park. It doesn't matter if you're good or if you suck. It's like we just want everybody to come out and have a good time and hang out. It's like... And it's been remarkably successful. It's like it's less competition and more just like, hey, everybody come out and jam. It's like we've gone to like a mini jam format where it's like we're doing a rail jam over there. You want to get over? Yeah, we're doing higher. You want to be competitive in your specialized facet of BMX? Then here's your time to shine. Yeah, and it's 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 just it lands up just being more fun than anything. So um, we usually sell pizza and water and try to raise some money. It's like. You know, this year we raised a little over 200 bucks. I'm like, okay, for something slapped together, not too bad. One year we did really good. We raised like almost 800 bucks. Last year, <laughs> we didn't even break even. So it's like basically just trying to cover the cost of stuff. Um, I usually plan <laughs> almost everything. Um, Besides the actual jams, I think Tober just like, you give him the mic and he just kind of yeah, does to- that. Yeah, Tober. I mean, I, I have help from people um and i'm ever so grateful but like reaching out to sponsors in the past people have helped reach out to sponsors but um locally we've got a, a two bike shops in the area that are heavy into bmx or like more involved uh eric's cycle works and terry's basically i mean for this area for a place that you can walk into and either talk to somebody that knows anything about bmx or like reach out through me um kink and blackout have been super supportive over the years i mean even before i was involved like sending out boxes of stuff uh ricky at merit always sends something out um we actually had some local sponsors this year we had a local coffee shop blackheart um roth rock coffee which is uh jamie beswick's coffee place landed up hooking us up with some stuff um go bike from buffalo came out this year and was doing repairs which was really awesome just to have like, you know, a pop-up where kids could get, like, you know, a tube fixed or something tweaked out. And Colin helped us out immensely, um, which was really, really cool. And just, you know, those of us that are a little bit older feel it's, like, our way to kind of give back and kind of, you know, show the youth, like, hey, here's some fun stuff you can do. I and mean, we had people from Albany come out to a skate park jam. It's it's kind of cool when you realize that you're pulling people from all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um 
Ben and John came out. They're from PA. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. I I didn't see that they were out there, but I saw that like Dylan and some of those dudes from like the Syracuse, Albany, whatever that Utica. Yeah, um, all those dudes made it out, uh, hung out. It was pretty gnarly, and it was like I said, it's cool to see people that you haven't seen in a while like pop out of the woodwork, like um, Zach. Like a couple years ago, just like you know, showed up after moving back up north, and it was like I remember riding with him when he was fifteen. Now he's like in his thirties, and I'm like, where the hell the time well, go? And you mentioned it, but like Brant was out from mm-hmm. uh, Wooster. Yep. So Ohio. Yeah, he's documented it the last two years in a row, and I am beyond grateful for that to have video record of it. It's just I wasn't able to make it to this one. No excuses. <laughs> I wasn't making one. I just didn't come. Homeowner. The last two years before that, I made it up. Which is awesome. I appreciate that. So, <clears throat> And like I said, people have fun with it. And it's like, that's that's the end goal of it is like, get everybody together for a really good day of BMX and, you know, have everybody feel good about it. So, uh, Speaking of the like coordinating sponsors and like that you've pretty much been the only one doing it the last couple of years or whatever. That's to your advantage. That makes life way easier. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm speaking from experience on that one. Yeah. Like, yeah this this year I did reach out for for some more help in other regards. Um, I had somebody else doing the uh, like the flyer work and stuff like that because it's like I just suck at that kind of thing. So yeah, I did it the two <clears throat> years prior, but I was just on the road so much mm-hmm. of this time that like I just didn't find time to do whatever. Yeah, Josh's uh, Josh's girl Brandy, she did that for me. It was awesome just took the stress right out of it um you know luke i mean luke bringing like a spine just awesome and just having the other guys kind of show up and just kind of help like josh's brother tony ran the ran the stand for me which was awesome so it took the stress of like worrying about that dennis got pizza and stuff this year it was like okay cool i didn't have to do that so Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's like i can understand like doing it by yourself is awesome because it's like it's easy and streamlined, but also having a committee, just having bodies to help is well, huge. Yeah, <laughs> when it comes to jam day, for sure, people mm-hmm. to help. When it comes to the the planning of sponsors, it's purely all I was talking about. Like That part is easier to not be like, well, I already talked to them. Or like, yeah, we communicated the wrong info <clears> or like, well, they sent me the logo. Let me forward it to you. And like, it's just, yeah. If I just deal with it, they, one, they know to expect you kind of like every year. Like, it's not weird when you're like, Hey, we're doing this again. It's weird. If a different person contacts them every year, I'm always worried about not having enough stuff. And then I always have plenty of stuff and you always worry about like, Oh my gosh, is anybody going to even show up? And then everybody shows up. So like, I always look at most events and BMX events are all the same, but people that come aren't going to notice the little things like that. Like if there wasn't a ton of stuff and you just made it work and you gave out slimmer prize packages and threw less stuff out at the end, people aren't going to be like, I don't know. They were pretty slim back this year. I don't think they'll even notice it in the hype of the day and the fun that's happening. I don't think anyone cares. And I always say the same thing to people like that worry about getting stuff perfect for their wedding day or something like that. You're like, dude, if something doesn't go to plan, 
you're the, the, only, you're one the only one that's going to notice it. Just laugh it off and enjoy your day. And that's the thing. We had a blast. I mean, we did a high jump contest, which <laughs> went better than I possibly thought it could have. It was just like, you know, we landed a break in the high jump bar. We taped it back together. And like these guys were going just, you know, navel height or, you know, navel high and higher on their hops. It was insane. It was like just watching these dudes jump stuff and. You know, you didn't need much more than like, you know, hey, we're high airing on the quarter pipe. Yeah. You know, what do you got? We're doing lip lord tricks. You know, do something cool. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like it doesn't it doesn't need to be like, you know, who's the best at something. It's just like, you know, get out there and have some fun. So And I think that's where like like you were saying about people showing up to a contest and everyone just wants to watch, no one wants to ride. Yeah. And you're like there's got to be a better way, which and, there is. It's yeah. the jam format. Yeah. That and that's, that's what we realized. Has become was, the, the norm. It was like, you know, the competition was interesting, but I felt like you weren't getting as much participation out of it because, okay, everybody's doing like 30 second runs or whatever like that. And it's, it gets kind of boring after a while. And plus also if you're, if you're saying like, Hey, you know, put in for the pot or whatever like that, of you know, five bucks. And then it's like, you know, some kid shows up and he's just there because he's there. It's like, you know, get out there and just ride, man. You know, it's like, I don't care if you have money or not. It's like anybody can hit the rail or, you know, everybody can participate in a game of foot down. It's like, it doesn't matter how good or how bad you are, you know, yeah, go out there and try to knock somebody else field. off their bike. <laughs> <laughs> so we got some, uh, got some lightning going on out there. If you can see, it's uh, pretty cool. Check the YouTube. Yeah. I was going to say, if you can swing it that way, you can just see. Out the uh, out the front window, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Huh, that'll make it interesting on the ride back home. So, um, yeah, what time is it? It is exactly six thirty-eight. Okay. P.M. Not A.M. So we are we are. Thanks for the clarification. We are recording this in the evening because if you're here at six thirty-eight in the morning, it'll be really weird. Especially to be. <laughs> Two hours into a podcast. True. Yeah. And if played basketball. <laughs> well, we only play it in the dark. We don't want people to see us playing. So, you know. <laughs> it's like worse than like the obnoxious dad neighbor on a Saturday morning when you're just trying to sleep and they're out mowing the lawn just like basketball at like 5 a.m. That's uh, a beauty of being out here is I don't have, I'm not in a suburb, so I don't have to worry about people like maintaining their lawns at OS 30 on a Saturday. You should make a little contraption that just dribbles a basketball like over and over just at like regular height so that it's at like just regular bouncing pace <laughs> but it never stops i mean i honestly i can't think of the last time i played basketball that wasn't like with my kids so but um i am very mindful of my neighbor though it's like i only have like one that's really close but since i have a bike that has squeaky as f brakes it's like you know if i'm riding in my own driveway and stuff like that i try not to like get that session in at like 11 o'clock at night where it's like you know <laughs> squeaky brakes the whole time so that probably felt really good to whoever's wearing headphones just now <laughs> i realize you know should we get the should we get the brakes and just squeak them real loud like maybe <laughs> just hold the mic up i can just just mount it right next to your brakes just just not tell them when it's going to happen just all of a sudden somewhere in the podcast there's just brake squeal or maybe it already happened. Maybe I just edited it in at the very, very, very beginning. 
So that as soon as this starts, it's just like right in their ear. It's a beautiful sound. And I'll uh, I'll hype it up a little bit and uh, boost the decibel on it and is make it extra loud. Is that shotguns? I can't tell. I thought it was fireworks at first. Yeah. You guys are sitting closer to the window, so if anything happens, you guys are going first. So cool, sweet. <laughs> Set like, us up. Kind of like the setup in here. The feng shui is really good, so it's got this weird, this nice triangle going on. So you know. Yep, yep. And then we don't have to like be super awkwardly close to one another because I've got a mile of cord that I bring with me. I mean, that doesn't mean that we aren't awkwardly close to each other. So. I mean, we might be touching. It's just the Eiffel Tower. The tower. <laughs> gotta check the Instagram for that one. Gotta gotta dial back. Oh god, that's going August of last year. Wow. The fact that you knew that off the top of your head really kinda disturbed. If you me. just tag me in that or like share it as a DM, I'll just download it and share it with this. The only reason why I knew it was like somewhere around there is just because that's around the time we had the jam last year. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I can slide this into your DMs. Hang on. So. All right. <laughs> Clever. Not really. Yeah, uh, no, that, that was a while back. That was May of May of 2018. What the hell? Damn. <laughs> Never mind. And it has been sent. I think that's you. So, if not... We'll yeah, I, I just felt a nice little vibration in my Ooh. pants. Do right. you want me to keep sending things? Yeah. <laughs> I'll just keep Snapchatting him. <laughs> yeah, you got you got me wanting to to charge up my old phone and like get my Snapchat thing going and see how far behind I am on James's stories. <laughs> uh, you're should I should I name drop you right now? No, nah, it's uh, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, who's, gonna, a, who's gonna Snapchat me? <laughs> it's the same as your uh, like Instagram handle, just with the period in between, like the Miss Kevin. Really? Miss yeah. Oh shit. Forgot about that. Like, it's really that easy? M-I-S-C stands for miscellaneous. Yeah. Which stemmed from the, you know, the garage bike biz for a while, which is miscellaneous debris bikes, which miscellaneous debris came from a Primus album. So, yeah, it's the 47 removals of that. So, (laughs) Um, that's where it all stems from. (laughs) Yeah, we, we talked prior to doing this episode about just, going out in your garage and talking about each individual piece as if as if everyone watching this could see instead of just the people on YouTube. I think that, that may need to happen, you know. I think it might still be a good option. <clears throat> Would we be uh, able to do that remotely? Like Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of curious cuz that if I mic myself up or like that and had some sort I mean, of like... technically we could record it through Skype. And I just need to get my new studio set up because okay. my computer isn't fully ready to go. But I should be able to Skype you and record the Skype convo with us side by side or, or your screen, whatever. Uh, that'd be cool. Yeah, then I can bring the tote bins in here and just kind of go through stuff and pull things out. And like, <laughs> Check this out. What does this do? You know, why does this peg have a roller on it? You know, it's like... <laughs> Do you have any of those roller pegs in there? You want me to grab one so you can see it? We can show everybody? Um, we can do that after, too, but... Sure. <laughs> that can be done, so... 
Those things are cool. <clears throat> they don't work, but they're cool. Yeah, I say it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work. I, I want to see the, uh, the what would you say it was? A mechanical engineer, right? Yeah. I want to see like his brain potentially explode you know, upon the ridiculousness of what I'm going to put into his hand. I, so. I've seen them. And I had at that point tried to reason out like the design behind it and the fact that like if you were doing a feeble grind, it would be trying to roll inward on itself and cause more friction than it's alleviating. <laughs> yeah. But it could work. Yeah, or you could just grind something. <laughs> now, would it help if I explain that they are also made of aluminum? So, <laughs> I, if you can see, the, if those of you hunt, those of you that aren't on YouTube, if you can see the look on Andy's face right now, it's hilarious. It's not really. Surprising. It's almost like his like his collective like you know mechanical engineering brain just kind of like just. It's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> why? There's, there is no reason. So. It keeps it light, but then you add more materials on, which brings it back to not being that light. And if they're if the core is aluminum and the body is aluminum, then you're just gonna get like heat build up, and it's gonna expand and not roll anyway. That whole like, hey, let's make this out of aluminum so it's lighter. Remind me the next time to bring down the kung fu, aluminum flatland frame, awesome. Every other component that went on it, 400 pounds. <laughs> so you somehow land up with an aluminum bike that weighs just as much, if not more, than a full chromoly. I'm pretty sure my aluminum race bike that I have weighs just as much as my freestyle bike with four pegs on it. Is it a race bike with a one-piece crank? Like, or was it, what's the... Uh, it, originally, it had one-piece cranks. It's a Schwinn Pro Stock 2. Ooh, Pro Stock. 98. It's the Pro Stock Two, so it's not as good as the Pro Stock One, or is it like, how did the how did the number I don't convention go? I don't was remember it, what the progression was. Was it the lower the number was better, or the higher the number was better? Don't remember. Because some companies went in opposite directions. It was like it was I, like I oh, think... it was like the, it was like, the, it was like the Pro Stock One. Yeah, that's like the entry level. But if you got the Pro Stock Four, holy crap! You know, it's like yeah, some of the others were. Well, opposite, yeah, it was so. like the back trails. The X One was your entry level. The X Two was your middle, and the X Three was your your high end, I believe. But the Schwinn, I think the Pro Stock was the like premium one. Okay. And I think the Pro Stock Two was maybe the middle ground. Okay. There, I don't know if there was a Pro Stock Three. Funny thing is, I have the original literature and everything that came with it. Oh, nice. Which is like a animated cartoon thing with Dude, Brian Foster, I think Blue I, Falcon I, stuff and everything. You make me want to go either up into the attic or out to the garage because I know I have a Schwinn catalog that everything is drawn like an like like a comic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, that's I've got the one that came with that bike oh. from that bike shop when we bought it. Man, we are we are definitely gonna have to dig in the archives at one point. So get you up here on a snowy day and <laughs> <laughs> build a fire and you know fireplace and just like yeah, yeah. have at it. So. Uh, but that bike has so, it's just so heavy for being an aluminum race bike. <laughs> like, how is it possible that this bike is that heavy? I mean, the aluminum is super thick. That race bike still, I got that bike brand new in 98 when I was 10. And 
I would say that was my first real bike. Okay. But I'd been riding in the trails prior to that. Just really janky, sketchy things. But I tried racing after I got that, and I hated it. <laughs> uh, but I, I bought it, and I think I put big cheese cranks on it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that brand was. It was it was just probably just a catalog brand, you know. It was like you know, they didn't actually design anything. They just said like, "Hey, we're gonna market a bunch of stuff." You know, they had that imperial light mm-hmm. sprocket and like a couple of little weird things. You know, I think it was like between those or torquer cranks. Okay. When I was looking at that point, I think my first bike. Well, aside from the uh, banana seat, like Quicksilver or whatever that it was that I pretty much rode forever. As a kid, um, first real BMX bike, I was working at Dick's Sporting Goods, and I bought, they had a Mongoose Solution Pro Comp, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get a BMX bike, and that's what I got. It was like aluminum frame, oh, it's light, you know, didn't realize, like, oh, it's a race bike, you know, so I went to go put pegs on it, and I was like, oh, this, this isn't going to work, so <laughs> landed up with a Venom X Pro through, uh, like, the Proform deals we used to be able to get there, so all chrome, like, every bit that's chrome was chrome. Like, the grips were even clear, so you could see the chrome through the grips. You know, Diatek 990s front and back, big-ass pegs and stuff like that. That was an interesting rig. Um, rode Diamondbacks for a while. And then just kind of eventually just dialed into, you know, what worked. You know. I like that clear grip thing that happened in, like, that 98, 99 Stickers under the era. grips, yeah. Yeah, with the stickers under the grips, and you could just change them out. Yeah, they get yellow pretty quick, though, so. Yeah, I mean, let's just clear the air any grip that's not black either changes color on you real bad gets really sticky or dry rots yeah right away tires too if they're not black they just kind of suck which is unfortunate i like my colored tires me and my old primo walls oh yeah I got some hanging right over your head right now. They're uh, up in the attic on the McNeil. It's got the uh, the green Primo walls. So, and even just sitting, they're starting to change color. So, yep. I've got a pair of green ones in my apartment. I might have a pair of red ones unused, but I think they're used. Probably got like six pair of black ones. Yeah. And I might have some blue ones. Yeah, that was a pretty tough tire. That was the best tire. Nearly indestructible. Now, if they just made it in 2.4, we'd be good to go. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Harkening back to our previous discussion the, not the on the podcast. So. 1.85 is ideal. <laughs> I will live with the 2.1s. If anyone has a local shop that has Primo Walls in it, though, uh, let me know. <laughs> And I will probably DM them on Instagram. I think Eric's had some, at least the last time. Oh, hello. Is that the is that the chime that means that it's time to quit? Or that we're going to be overtaken by carbon monoxide? Uh, Maybe the second one. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've been feeling a little sleepy, but, you know. <laughs> no, I'm pretty, I, I know I picked up some from Eric at least a year or two, maybe longer ago, because he had a whole bunch of the uh, Primo walls and Primo... Uh, v monsters i bought some of his primo walls off of him at the the western new york heroes oh yes the western new york version of it oh yeah 
That was the year where the crap went down with that lady. That was two years ago. Yeah, that was that was interesting. So James handled it in a remarkably professional manner. I am very proud of him, and I told him that if he ever has an interview where they ask a question in regards to conflict resolution, that he needs to bring that up because uh, you you handled that in the in the finest way possible. Well, meanwhile, Zach on the other <laughs> hand took the low road, and I applaud him. <laughs> I mean, just so that, like, they understand, there's a <laughs> veterans organization around here that's called Western New York Heroes, and they saw our flyer, and they were like, why are you using our name without a permission? Oh, wait. They let us know that, what? Like, two days beforehand? Two days before, I think? Yeah. 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 In, in the heavily promoted, you know, scene of BMX jams that, you know, all over radio, TV, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, no. it's We basically had, like, paper flyers, and it was on Instagram, yeah, Facebook and all that. So she messaged me on Facebook and was like, why are you using our name and who's zeros so we can notify them that, they, <laughs> that they're using... That their... was the key. Who are zeros? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You, man, the, the, the event is called... <laughs> yeah, the it's just a phrase, heroes and zeros, and we happen to be from Western New York. We're not trying to use your name, but if... if she like threatened to sue and everything. I'm like, if this that's going to be the case, like we'll drop the Western New York, we'll just call it heroes and zeros, like... Not but a big it's also deal. two days beforehand. Yeah, I was like, that for I was like, we'll drop it next year. It's kind of too late now. It's two days beforehand. The flyer's already out everywhere. Like, we'll drop it next year. But like, whatever. And she responded the day of the event. I think at like, like eleven o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> and we're running it at noon. <laughs> yeah, the day of the event, and it was like, okay, that works with us. And then, like, <laughs> our buddy Zach, he's a veteran, and he, like, heard about it and, like, just went off on her on, like, uh, Messenger and, like... We won't get into details, but, man, it's like... I was like, you know what? You go at it, bro. You served your country. We are grateful for it. Now serve your scene. Yeah, yeah. I say, and I, he, <laughs> he served the scene hard. <laughs> yeah, like, he I, think, all... I think James landed up. Uh, what, yeah. what, what was your statement? He does not represent us. He is just a passionate fan. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's a veteran who's also very passionate about what we do. And, like, he doesn't represent Uh-oh. us at all. He just caught wind of what was going on and took it very personally. Yeah, I it just... was changed something. I hit a button with my fat, dumb hand. <laughs> <laughs> did you change a setting or did you like you know shut us off i don't know it hit auto level whatever that means so apparently we're auto leveled now okay uh, question for you from something you said quite a while ago you started riding at 19 Oof. yeah well you know got into bmx yeah, so yeah, yeah i i blame that on working at dick sporting goods working in starting to work in the bike section and realizing that my like Murray, like Blackwater or whatever the hell mountain bike that I had was like, Oh, that's cool. And then kind of got a, you know, was rolling on a mountain bike for a little bit, but then like this BMX stuff seemed kind of neat. And it was like, I got some VHS tapes that we had like on clearance. And <clears throat> one of them was, uh, uh, no beer, no sex, just BMX. It was a lot of Canadian, riders it was like basic bikes and whatnot uh jason brown and davis Sato and stuff like that um andrew ferris and just like watching some of that stuff I was like, yeah it's kind of cool this looks neat it was like decided to kind of give it a go and uh 
Oh, that's going to get annoying if that keeps happening. So I don't it's, know if anybody You know what's that. really amazing about it is that prior to doing this podcast, you changed two batteries out of two different smoke alarms. Now you've got a third chirping. It's like they know. It's like collectively. <laughs> um, yeah, it just kind of – and that was the weird thing was. is like starting that late. It's like who do you hang around with? Like, who do you learn this stuff from? Because everybody that's at 19 is already either really good or done. Especially at that time at, frame where, because it, it like would 19, have been what, 98, 99-ish, 99 somewhere in that? Yeah, 99-ish yeah, era, give or take. So it was so, like... Yeah, yeah. You, you didn't have people that were... Yeah, there was no social media where you could 20s. say, like, hey, where's, where's older people that do this, you know? Yeah, no, that I think that would be really tough to come up in. Yeah, it's like I rode a lot of Flatland just because that was kind of fun. I used to like ride it, you know, on my break at lunch. There were a couple of people that were that rode, but they were really good, so it was kind of intimidating. You know, there was Union Trails, which was awesome, but also immensely intimidating just because not knowing anything. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> luckily, there was a place called Bikes, Blades, and Boards out like towards Niagara Falls, which was really cool. I used to go there. And then just, uh, I don't know, just kind of stubbornly stuck with it. So then here we are, 2019, and, you know, my skills are mediocre on level with someone starting out, you know, and we're good to go. So <laughs> I figure another 20 years, you know. <laughs> Isn't there a picture of you rollerblading somewhere? Shut up. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, that's actually, that was the start of the extreme sports was a, I did rollerblade for a hot minute, so, but uh, so did I. So, so, I can't so you anything. didn't come into it completely like blind from the extreme sports side. No, no. So I, I had, you know, I, I think I was, you know, I had seen Rad at least a couple of times. So you know, and then finally got myself a you know a bootleg copy of it, and was like, this is what I want to do with my life. I'll just get my SATs. At that point, it was already too late. I had already taken my SATs, but uh, you know. Figured racing probably wasn't the way to go at it, but you know the guys that were doing the stuff at the beginning credits and the end credits that looked like a hell of a lot of fun. So. I mean, I don't want to, you know, talk down on Rad, but that's really like the only reason to watch the movie anyway, right? It's not the greatest BMX movie of all time, but it is one of the only BMX movies of all time. That or BMX Bandits with you know Nicole Kidman. So mm-hmm. if you were to take your pick, yeah, I don't know. I mean, send, send me an angel is kind of like, you know, yeah, that's basically like, you know, if every, every BMX guy, like, you know, that song comes on, we tear up, you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, do yourself a favor, just YouTube, like that scene from rad with send me an angel and you'll know what I mean. So that doesn't move you to tears. You're dead inside. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's still not that good. No, I, (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna get a bunch of heat for that one, but that's okay. But, I don't know. Like, I mean, like the the uh, the but, kid the kids nowadays they don't they don't have that 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 weird awkward phase that BMX went through, where it's like you know the '80s phase or the '90s phase or the early 2000s phase or the emo phase that Brant's still kind of stuck in. But um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, it's like I'm just kind of you know. I mean, actually, they're probably in their own weird phase right now where, like, they're going to look back, like, five, ten years from now and be like, oh, shit, man, why are we wearing those dickies and those stupid hats or, you know. Yeah, I I think it's, like, those were 
particular times that it was, I would say, self-aware in the moment of the weird trends that were happening. And I think sometimes you don't see it till later. Yeah. You're like looking back and you're like, wait a minute. Remember like five years ago we were all doing this? (laughs) Those were just very clear. Like everyone had girl jeans for a little while. Everybody had a Castro hat. (laughs) It's like <laughs> prior to that, you were either riding in Lee pipes or uh, <laughs> oh, what are the other ones? Jinko. Oh, I'm just hoping that your chain wasn't gonna, or your uh, chain wasn't going to eat your your uh, pants. <laughs> I remember okay. at like the start of the emo like girl pant phase, like, or not even the start, like actually towards the end when Levi's jeans first came out with their five elevens and all their different colors and everything. They were like Levi's first skinny jean, and they were all like. Dark red or mm-hmm. like just. We have no idea colors. what you're talking about, James, because we weren't in that phase. So we were old men by that point. So my body type is not conducive <laughs> to skinny jeans and color <laughs> pants. <laughs> so e- even though I was there and present, I could never fall into that category. I'm going to make it my life goal to get you into skinny jeans just for, just for one edit. Oh, I'll put them on. I'm not afraid. <laughs> but. <laughs> just no, it's not pretty. <laughs> well, they, they're 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 stretchy now, so you got you got like you know that as you can see, those are watching the YouTube. You can see me doing yeah. that. It's like you know, it's like that's the beauty of it. Now you throw a little bit of lycra in there, and it's like yeah, they're they're skinny, but they they flex. It's not like you're you didn't have to like hose down your jeans in order to get into them. So you know, <laughs> ultra bulge. Oh, I mean the Genko phase was kind of weird. That was that was really awkward. I just missed that one. You're lucky. I'm just glad social media wasn't around because it's like I don't have to, you know. You know, I'll, I'll pull out the picture for, for Andy because I know exactly where it is right now. Like big, <laughs> big jeans. So I think it was like a 30 waist at that point. I'm pretty sure some of the bottoms of my jeans were like, you know, 32 to 36. Yeah. Or better. So <laughs> I remember that phase. And I... Like, I liked my baggier jeans, but again, body type considered. But I couldn't tolerate them being that baggy. And I actually wore shin guards all the time when I was younger like that. Because I would roll my pant legs in on themselves like I'm doing right now. (laughs) And put my shin guard on over it just to hold them down and keep it all contained. (laughs) And... I caught a whole bunch of crap from a lot of dudes about, like, why do you wear your shin guards on the outside of your pants when they're that big? And, like, you, you could, could fit clearly them just easily. put them under. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not wearing them to protect my shins. Wearing, wearing them to pr- keep my pants out I'm of my Wearing shade. them to protect my jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Jean guards. I used to do the bandana trick, just keep the... Or like the rubber band trick, but usually I just did the bandana where I would just keep the knot yeah, out to the that, side. That falls right into that like emo yeah, phase yeah, and right uh, skinny jean <clears throat> phase. I'm trying to think like I used to. This before the skinny jeans. Right? Used to wear like the big the harbinger like you know like knee pads and stuff like that, and then I switched to uh, I switched to like these knee gaskets, which were basically. This was before they started doing all those like slim fitting um, knee guards. It was actually, it was like basically like a knee support that actually had like big like a like a big gel padded front on them. I used to wear those all the time. Those worked out really good. Then I switched to like the G form stuff, and those were pretty dope. 
It was the Lee pipes that had the the did like metal the clamp, right? It came with them. It did. I think so. It had like a little metal ankle clamp to go around your. That's awesome. Your pants to keep them confined when you were riding. Wait, and was it you... was it that or did it have a button? It had like a little strap and a button. I, maybe it was a strap and a button. I, I don't remember. Say... But you got me. The... Goog- you got me googling Lee pipes right now. So. Yeah, I know that it, they had some mechanism that was like above and beyond what Jinko was doing to keep your pants out of your chain when you were riding. But then you undid it so that you could yeah have your cool baggy pants <laughs> yeah we're, we're going hard on the google search here and it's this not this is not or tent helping. pants this is not helping oh geez <laughs> oh i remember seeing those only like a handful of times it was always at the extreme wheels concerts too <laughs> like p- way past their time like that's when like skinny jeans had already been like established and everything and then you would like just look over and there'd be some goth dude in tent pants yeah, but you know what? Here's the real key. Hot Topic is still in business, and all those other places are closed. Yeah. <laughs> Hot Topic so is... So maybe Tent Pants were right all along. Yeah. See, everyone says Hot Topic is where trends go to die, but I think they live on forever there. Yeah. yeah they're doing something right because, like you said, they are still in business, and... Oh, there it is. I found him. Yeah. <laughs> Vintage USA 90s Lee Pipes BMX pants. Yeah, they did. They had a button. Yep. They had, it was like this. It, like that. Look at how crazy that is. These are the BMX specific ones. As I you know. Can, you can see. <laughs> they now, had BMX specific Lee Pipes. Like, look at this. Thing. You can actually see there's like a guard for like where you're. Yeah. For where the chain would go and everything like that. Now, granted, this is taking into account that everyone was riding right hand drive at that point um, before like left side drive was a thing. So these only have the guard on the right leg. But my <laughs> God, if I can get my hands on a pair of these I'm, I'm looking on ebay right now please just bear with me as i as i dig into this i'm really curious as to what these things are going for i want to find that is not helping oh 60 dollars jesus christ that's not really any worse than the standard pair of levi's right now yeah but I, yeah okay where do you buy your levi's if you go to like jc penny yeah or hell no no, like no 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 50 60 bucks <laughs> no, he works he helps out an overstock place he yeah can no get, like yeah, yeah. Let, let me let me tell you here here's here's what you do you know, where do i buy my pants i'm buying dickies from walmart yeah you go to tj maxx or marshall's you don't give a shit about what brand the jeans are you find a pair on the clearance rack that fit and you call it a day so mm-hmm. oh but those are really freaking cool and they're my size 32 30 <laughs> oh that's a lot of money Sixty dollars just to just for a <laughs> just joke. to put them in your BMX collection. I know. Order that's... them and get them next day shipping and wear them for Halloween and just say I'm a BMX dude from the nineties. That that the problem is, is that's more than I think I would pay for most like you know vintage BMX stuff at this point. <laughs> yeah, but all right, let's let's put this into perspective. They get right? Ryan Nyquist and like How Chad DeGroote to sign them. BMX like, you know. parts will last. These still especially have those. These still have the tag on them. Finding pants from an era that are not completely thrashed and destroyed, let alone having a tag on them. What bothers me is seeing the price tag says thirty nine ninety five, and knowing that I'm paying sixty dollars plus another six fifty for shipping. 
That just but then that again, back then, that does you not could buy sit. a whole shopping cart's worth of food for 20 bucks. That does not sit well with me. Sorry. <laughs> Although they do have a sweet, like, uh, BMX, like, Ugh. logo on the Lee Pipes BMX logo on the butt. Oh. <laughs> Dude, that's... <laughs> I, I don't like to influence too, too much, but I think you should do it. <laughs> Well, let, let's put it this way. If you're listening to this podcast and you think that this is a good idea, um, we're going to set up a GoFundMe for <laughs> uh, $66.50. The money will strictly be used to buy this pair of Lee Pipes, BMX jeans, men's 32 by 30, retro stone, ankle snaps, new you, with tags. You might want to get them before someone just swipes them out from <clears throat> under right. you. Someone's um, going to hear that post and just say, ha, fuck you, Kevin. Yeah, any any extra money will be used for um, other charitable means. I, you guys, if you want to decide what it is, go ahead. France so, RV. France RV. So front rise inseam. Leg opening at the ankle is only eleven inches. Sorry, eleven. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> wow, that is pretty gnarly. I'm gonna have to see. Damn, I found a new uh, a new thing to obsess over. Great, thanks a lot. Damn it, <laughs> podcast. I want those little shoe insert things that you showed me. I yeah, didn't even know yeah, yeah. thing. So, do you remember? I think they were. I know they were Ruben's Etnies shoe, and I can't ever remember what the Terrania. I think was the shoe. Etnies Terrania. Okay. And it had a little foam ankle insert that you just velcroed in and pulled out for tail whip like so if you're doing a tail whip put it in and when you're done with your tail whip you take it out yeah while in the air (laughs) that's pretty cool it it was like a nice little pad thing and it was you know you could put it on either side of your like left or right shoe it's like the precursor it's like like a little thing that i'm kind of surprised died and it's like something people could probably sell. Can we speak of like how BMX shoes have basically become just hot freaking garbage at this point? What? Okay, let me ask you a better question. What BMX shoes? Okay. Skate slash riding shoes in general. Yeah, they're like, all what, trash. What, what happened to like stuff that basically would last more than like, you know, three months? Do you remember whenever you would look at shoes? you made sure they had triple stitch toe caps because glued toe caps suck. Mm-hmm. And Cup sole. Cup. Yeah. Sole. Now it's like every single shoe you go look at, you might have one stitch. But usually not. Yeah. No, I I am just very disappointed in most of the shoes that I have attempted to ride in the last like, couple of years. It's like the last decent pair I had was an old pair of low techs like before they switched over at one point and that's probably what it was it was the triple stitching it was the cup sole like i wore them to the point that i could almost i almost went through the sole i have had like in the last couple pairs of shoes that i've had they're lasting a summer and i'm not riding every day i've been very happy with my adidas superstars and I've got a couple of reasons. Like, I was not stoked on buying Adidas shoes. Never have been stoked on buying Adidas shoes. Mm-hmm. Something feels wrong to me about buying Adidas shoes. 
but I hate a flimsy shoe. Mm-hmm. I don't like a thin toe on my shoe for okay. foot jam tricks. So that, ru- that, it always that like rubber cap that pile drives on. your toe in and causes issues. Yeah, that rubber toe cap, and they're stitched. I, it's single, might be double stitched. But it's a stitched toe cap, stitched outsole, and it has that big rubber toe cap on it, and the bottoms are a little bit more rigid than yeah. some others. Yeah, the, la- so the last I've been real happy with them. The last two pairs that I had that were like a vulcanized sole, I just decimated. Just because of probably like some of the tricks I do, it just puts a lot of pressure on that area, and they just blew out. Um, the pair I have currently are a cup sole, which that's holding up better, but they're actually starting to tear because there's not enough stitching. And yep. it's like, I've ha- I paid f- almost full boat for these things because it's like the last thing I want to do is spend money on shoes. And it's like, but I spent like a good like almost 80 bucks on a pair of shoes that I bought maybe in June and I'm hoping to get through the year on them. It's like, eh. I mean, I remember some of the vans that I had like back in the day or that you trounce those suckers. It's like, you know. I've never had that experience with a pair of vans. Really? I've never had a good experience with These them. were like like when they actually had like BMX specific ones. Mm-hmm. Like they had like the Corey, Corey Nastasio like shoe. Yeah. Which was I... like mostly plastic, which honestly I wish I could go back to because it had this huge like plastic sides. And actually I think for some of the grind tricks I do that would actually work out really yeah. good. Um but I've yeah, I had some had other ones that just, that they were, they were just beefy. So yeah, shoes were beefy. Good luck with Vans. Vans is coming back with the BMX shoe and I have the Scotty Kramer ones now. Like but BMX no, specific no cup, cup sole though. It's like, they're still vulcanized. Yeah. So you catch the side of that on your peg. It's toast. So. Yeah. But then again, that doesn't affect most people. So the, um, superstars, they have two options. They have a Volk option and an, a regular. Hmm. I don't think I've had any vulcanized. They have a, they have a mid top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. I like that little extra yep. up on the ankle. I wonder why. So you know. Uh, you know, I've been back and forth on the mid top thing and high top. I like a mid top, mm-hmm. but at this point, like I've got the space brace. And that does way more than a mid-top ever has. Yeah. Granted, I don't wear it. I only wear it after I've rolled my ankle, and you're like, ha perfect. <laughs> but I really like that as opposed to the mid-top now. Mm. See, I've always ridden like a mid. Actually, the, the Etnies numbers mid. I love those. Those were great. Yep. Those, and those held up. Like Those I used to beat the hell out of. Um, can't find them anymore, and they don't make that style anymore. But the uh, that space brace, I was using a space brace like kind of thing, but it was actually with that cross strapping was too much. It was taking mm-hmm. too much of my mobility away, so I cut the straps off, and just having the sleeve with the lace up gives me the it gives me that extra confidence. Yeah, and it gives me that little bit of protection because you've got screws in your ankle too. There's that ever-present fear that you're going to catch something and, like, tear your skin right through to the screw, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But uh, No, I mean, I have I haven't torn it through, but I've, like, clipped it on either, like, a rail that I put my foot down mm. next to or 
even like walking through my my house, yep, my that's... coffee table, and when you clip that screw, you fl- you like flash yourself and see stars for a second because, man, it goes right through the bone. Mm-hmm. And that is rough. Yeah, I did it in the garage once, and I landed up like on the ground, just basically just like, all right, this is where I'm dying. So, so, um, can we pause? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so once once the conversation hits Lee Pipe '90s jeans, maybe we need to just step back and reflect on ourselves for a little while, and then uh, <laughs> do an episode two, maybe. Okay, so we just uh, sit tonight here, we just sit here and silently reflect for the next thirty seconds. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but I, I'm definitely up for a part two, and we'll do uh, we'll do like a full archive dive if I think about it and i'll plan ahead you can bust out the uh biggest fishbone collection on the east coast maybe some of like the old uh <laughs> we'll bust out some of the, the old uh the old ride magazines and the catalogs and stuff like that and just just nerdgasm over that so uh i told james on our drive up and asked him if he'd been there yet but next time you're in pittsburgh mm-hmm. you need to check out the bicycle museum okay it's called Bicycle Heaven, and it's a shop and museum. Yeah, I think I've seen some pictures of that place. And it's pretty wild. Like, it's not BMX-specific, although they've got a lot of stuff mm-hmm. there. We had one here in Buffalo in Orchard Park for a while, and regrettably, it is gone. Um, I was lucky enough to see it once. But really wish I would have taken more advantage of it. But it was the same thing. It was it was actually a B, it was a not a BMX museum. It was a um like a bicycle museum. There was literally everything. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it kind of got like sold off and sectioned off and whatnot. But it was it would have been neat to see it stay here. Um, but yeah, I would definitely be down to check that out. That sounds like fun. So yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I've checked it out. On a couple of occasions, but no one ever really wants to go. It's one of those things. It's like every time it comes up, everyone just wants to actually go do bike things. You know, like that's cool, but like we could also do this for the forty-five minutes it's going to take to walk through it. Right, and that's the thing. It's like you have to find a very specific audience that actually wants to participate in something like that. Yeah. So I think you found your audience. So yeah. Yeah, I know that that you're into the the nerding out on on bicycles. Eh, just looking at stuff and just being like, "That's cool. What is that? Why? You know, why does that exist? You know, sometimes is that's kind of like the beauty of like some of the mid school stuff is you look at it and you're just like, "Why? Why is this a thing?" Yeah, something led to this point. Yeah, yeah. Someone someone woke up and said, "I've got an idea. I, I need this. <laughs> yeah, this needs to happen." And then it's like, "Did it? Did it really? Yeah." Did 10-piece bars need to happen? Do we need peg bosses on frames and forks? Were bending axles really that big of a problem? Yes. <laughs> they were, yeah. Yeah. Hell, I remember <laughs> doing that when I first started. Then again, that's when, like, nitrous and all that crap was a thing. Yeah, I think yeah I just... but like the frame we looked at earlier, it had 14-millimeter axle slots, but the peg boss was still 3-8s. <laughs> so what were you, uh, like... What were you gaining? Well, yeah. If you had made your axle slot 3.8 still, but put a 14 millimeter peg boss in it, say, all right, cool. 
I understand what you did there. <laughs> but when you're putting a three eighths, that's what you. That's why you bend your, and you bend and break that three eighths stud that you can get at the hardware store instead of your axle. Realistically, yeah. it's kind of like what we're at right now with our female hubs, where you're getting a rated bolt, mm-hmm. and you can at least rely on the strength of that bolt right. to be what they claim it to be. And if it snaps, you're able to back that bolt out, just throw another bolt in. Whereas if you bend an axle or break an axle and you shred those threads, yeah, your, hub's your hub is pretty much toast. Unless you have the means to you know, cut it off so that you can get that hardware off without destroying it. Yeah, I remember unsealed hubs, even sealed but hubs. But they still put a 14 mil axle in there. That's really the kicker. That's like throws you off on that. Granted, at that point, I'm not sure you could buy 3.8 hubs that weren't maybe profiles. Yeah. Although, well, I, mean, I mean, race hubs, but. Yeah, it was, I mean, at one point it was like everything went, everything went to 14 millimeter for the most part for freestyle. Like sealed and unsealed. You get unsealed like 14 millimeter, like, you know, hubs, which is yeah. kind of weird. But then, I mean, like the one, like the, the next gen over here, it has a set of snafu hubs on it. The back is 14 mil, the front is 3 eighths. It came with 14 millimeter adapters for the front if you had 14 millimeter fronts. Mm-hmm. But that's where we, you know, we kind of got out of the face of like, well, we don't need a 14 millimeter axle on the front. I mean, you know, we're, we're landing hard, but not that hard, you know. I always liked the, the very beginning of the 14 millimeter era with slotted axles. Okay. And not that they were any good in the back because they just bent like a flat piece of steel wood. But in the front, you had the 14 millimeters vertically, but it was still a 3-8 slot. So you were shaving some weight there, but it was a 14 mil axle. Like, it it just made a lot of sense up front. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it, in the back, it kind of never really did what it was supposed to do. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of... I have some 14 millimeter slotted axles and I always looked at them and I was like, you know, it's just, or what was even crazier was that I think, I can't remember who did it. Well, it, and it was because the frames and forks were like, you were coming from three eighths. So you needed the better axle. hub and axle. But if you weren't going to upgrade but, the frame. Yeah. Unless you had the ability to grind out your dropouts. like Which you were... everybody did at some point. Oh yeah. Well, I... because you bought the hub with the flat axle. You went through three of them, and you're like, all right, this is friggin' ridiculous. <laughs> and out comes, comes the grinder. <laughs> God. Fixing things with an angle grinder. <laughs> Ugh. Pressed in Stark nuts. Those were the worst. <laughs> I hated those. <sighs> Regular uh, gyro cables. My favorite <laughs> thing about them was that after it finally failed, no one ever took them out. They just, just pushed another one in and hammered it down. At one point, it was actually worth it for me to buy like an entire bag of star nuts and a star nut setter because I had so many people that were stripping out their star nuts that it was like it was actually profitable to like have that on hand so I could just be like, oh, you need a new one. Here you go. Pops it in place, centered it perfectly, call it a day, you know? Mm-hmm. My problem wasn't even stripping them. It was always I'd go to tighten it up because my headset would be loose. And go to tighten it up and i just pull the whole thing out. 
would you remember to like loosen this the bolts on your stem first yeah yeah you know how many kids rolled through here that were like yeah it's like you pulled the star nut out I'm like did you loosen the side bolts first what yeah um, no i would do that yeah. just in a, just in a i would tight i would over tighten the fuck yeah. out of it, i guess i don't know you, you know you well, gotta loosen those also, bolts first <laughs> when everything started to thin out and your your fork tube steer tube was getting a little bit thinner it didn't pound in with the same force yeah yeah because i like or started riding at the tail end of that star nuts were only around for probably a couple years after i started riding I liked when people pounded a star knot into their threaded fork. And then it it, <laughs> it didn't hold because it wasn't thick enough and it was threaded. God, threaded forks. But I like the... See, I liked the welded star knot phase. Yeah. Where that it was wasn't just going welded anywhere. right in. It was very clear that you didn't need a star knot. It was... I mean... Maybe a three eighths bolt. Right, so you down. could you could just you could just ram a bolt in there and call it. Yeah, and reef it right down. Everyone was happy with that, and then Odyssey had to come out with these fancy ones that the the bolt just threaded right into the steer tube. Wait, before no, I, I think other people did it first. There was but... also that really kind of weird phase where. You had that huge nut that went on the top, and they threaded the outside of the inch and three-eighths fork. <laughs> Which is just, just bonkers. Just, yeah. I remember the And headlocks. Where... Do you remember those? Yes, where, yes. Those are awesome. Where instead of a star nut, you put the thing all the way up through the bottom of the fork. Yeah. And it just clamped everything together so it couldn't pull out. I remember the ones where it wasn't really, it was like the same concept of a star nut. And like you said, welded in there, but it was just like a little threaded plate mm-hmm. that sat on the inside. So just like a circle plate that was welded in the inside. And then yeah. it had like that bolt up top that you'd yeah. have to use like a mm-hmm. wrench. I don't even remember what size, but you put that in kind of like the precursor to like the full on threaded fork. As long, yeah. as, as long as you weren't using front brakes, you were good. So, yeah. You know. Or as long as they didn't weld it crooked. Which happened far too often. Yeah. Are we talking quality control? Yeah. Well, and actually fabricating a jig to hold everything in place. like. Yeah, I feel like they just shoved a copper pipe up in the bottom and just held it there. Like, I think that looks good. Weld it. Send it. It works. I mean... The uh, the top caps that thread in now are nice. Granted, <clears throat> if you got some kid that doesn't know what the hell they're doing and they start throwing like a, an American Allen wrench in there instead of a metric, they're gonna strip the hell out of it. If it just has a Allen brooch and that's it, I have uh, I've struggled with so many of those. The kids have torqued them out. Um, couple brand, I know the kink ones. It's I think it's like a six, an eight, and a ratchet. So it's like, there's no excuse. It's like, you should be able to get this thing out. Yeah. Um, the Odyssey ones, I know, have that weird kind of like half, like a weird smiley face in there. So worst case scenario, you can take a freaking, you know, uh, screwdriver and hawk that sucker around. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ones that just have just like one, what is it, like six millimeter yeah. Allen brooch on it and stuff like that, that thing's getting stripped. 
it's almost yeah. a guarantee. It's getting toast. Um, when it's the six is better than the quarter. Like back when everyone was doing a quarter inch one, right? The the six was better than that because you could jam a six in the quarter. Well, and then you would strip your your quarter inch out, not even knowing that you were using the wrong wrench. Yeah. Well, remember for a while there, it's like, <laughs> not everything was metric. You know, stuff. Some stuff was you know American as well. So it's like, you know, you'd have a brand like, you know, S&M or something like that. And it's like, you know, some kid would be throwing like, a, you know, a six mil in there or yeah, whatever. Yeah, the, that's, whatever that's what I'm saying, was, right? Yeah. It's like you just strip it out because you're uh, six mil is, is it two or six point? No, sorry. Point two, three, six inches. So you're like almost there. It's real close, but it's just enough movement to round that sucker off. Yep. So. Yeah, on a just. Tightening it down real good, you blow it out and you're done. Yeah. I mean, if you were adjusting your bike, you it's like, well, you know, did you have a 15 mil in front? Did you have a 17 mil in back, or was it a 19 mil? Oh, it was or a was 19 it a, mil. Or, or was it a 19 mil, or was it maybe a three eighths or three quarters? Three quarters for some of them, weren't they? Yeah. They're the, yeah, but they're like nearly identical. Yeah. It was one of those things where it was like, how, those, many, how many different tools three, do you have? Yeah. Three quarter and 19 are completely interchangeable yeah. either way. Okay. All right. I remember 15 and 19 was like what I had on most of my bikes growing up for axle yep. bolts. And then, yeah, it just changed. Like, I don't know. It feels like it wasn't that long ago, but I know it was. It was like a year or two before I moved to Florida. So... Mm-hmm. It's almost like everybody just kind of agreed. It's like, you know what? Let's just, you know, let's just make this simple. Like, I know you only need a 15 up front, but if we put a 17 up there, everyone's life's going to be a lot easier. Yeah, it's one it's one less uh, one less wrench that you have to carry, so. Kevin's doing research. <laughs> we're, yeah, hard, we're pretty hardcore over here. Setting up the the computer now he's going to live stream during the (laughs) live stream during the podcast which hasn't come out yet in the future i like it (laughs) actually that that would be yeah we should we should have done that we should have called brant and said okay we're going to live stream the filming of a podcast he live streamed (laughs) the podcast that he we did together that's awesome he live streamed like a portion of it that's awesome and hilarious Oh, cool. Downloading. Wait for that for the next 20 minutes. So, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think, I think part two is definitely a thing that does need to happen. So that's, yeah, that's a good, that's a good, I think that's a good stopping point because that way it leaves them with a little bit of a taste on their tongue and they know that something is going to happen, but we're not going to tell them what. I mean, I think we've already told them, it, but. Well, it, it might've taken some time to get there. But I would say that we've touched on some pretty interesting older topics. Yeah. And like, if if you listen to this and you don't at least go Google the, the Lee Pipes thing, <laughs> <laughs> Lee Pipes BMX, and understand those pants. There, I, there's we're gonna we're gonna after this podcast we're gonna look at you know the Google Analytics and we're gonna see like what the top searches are and for some reason like there's gonna be a massive spike in like Lee Pipes jeans so. At least, like, four other people are going to Oh, yeah. Out. Everyone's going to search for them, and then they're going to reissue, like, a new version of them and lose so much money. <laughs> they're going to be like, wow, look at, all the, look at all the search hits we're getting for these things. 
<laughs> that, that that poor poor guy that you know that poor intern that has been uh, tasked with uh, that has been tasked with like you know how to turn you know the 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 Lee version of Levi's around. Yeah, that is Levi's, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's like he's gonna be he's gonna be like. You know, he's, he's been watching, and all of a sudden he's like, there's there's an uptick. It's like, now's the time. And he, he hits the big red button, and production goes in, and next thing you know, <laughs> it's a clearance rack. So. <laughs> Which is perfect for me, because then I can buy them. So, you know. Yeah, but they're not Gen 1s. <laughs> they're just... not OG. They're Repop. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be skinny this time. With the thing still, they're, they're anyway. They're skinny with it just on there, just to, just to be ironic. Right? Yeah. That's like... It's the style. <laughs> <laughs> that would be because because it looks so cool to have that brush guard on the right leg and the, the ankle bands. What, what the what the best part be? I want to see James ride him just because you run left side drive. <laughs> I'll just wear him backwards. No, d- all right. Here's the question: If anyone remotely involved in BMX was involved in like rebranding and bringing those back out would you would both legs have the guard or would you be able to buy left and right hand drive versions i think you would definitely need left and right hand drive specific because you know unless it's uh uh excuse me are these pants left hand drive or right hand drive (laughs) i don't know enough people do like like opposite tail whips and stuff nowadays that like that guard could be useful no the guard was just like it was harder material so that you're like didn't get caught in the chain. And we're not talking about the ankle guard. We're talking about the chain guard on yeah, the jeans. Yeah, yeah. So the the, the, I, I the, the guard, guard on the jeans isn't for tail whips. Come on, James. Don't I be ridiculous. It was a little so. harder. No, no. It's, back it's when you had a forty-five from, tooth yeah. sprocket yeah. and a nine-sixteenths chain. Yeah. Oh, trust me, I remember that. <laughs> the dino that I had, that all chrome dino. Yeah. I had like a tattoo. <clears throat> For like that I got when I was like 13 of just like teeth mark into my leg and it was in there until I was like 17. That's the thing. It's like I think it was more just to keep the grease off that pant leg. I think it was probably it was probably legit Kevlar at the time. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. I think you could get away with that. And it was probably just enough to you know it was like abrasion resistant and also like your jeans didn't get a you know gotcha. grease stain. So. Wow. Okay. That's that's about as a nat. Like I said, we were looking for a natural stopping point. Then grease stained jeans is the way to go. So. Yep. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> just gonna keep it going. To be fair, yeah, I've got 28 hours left on my memory card before we have to stop. <laughs> We're just gonna follow you to work tomorrow. I, that would be really interesting because you know. <laughs> but as, no, as long, uh, as long as you guys wear like the uh, like the 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 high high vis stuff and like a hard hat, you probably get away with it. So. Oh, I have that back <laughs> in my car. <laughs> Walmart's open 24 hours. Yeah, that's true. I'll just I'll just say that you're. Uh, We're just shadowing you. You're here to uh, again. Shadow came up. That's interesting. Like, yeah. I wonder if there's some weird sponsorship thing in the future. <laughs> Hashtag sponsor me. Um, yeah. Well. <laughs> do they I make mean, front, do they, they already front? called you. That's they, the past now. Do they make if Big Boy can get a signature helmet and Trey Jones is already all about the Janko jeans. We just need to get them on board with bringing these back. Yeah, bring back front brake forks. We're good to go. So, just no, bring back the Lee pipes BMX. Yeah. Lee pipes, yeah. <clears throat> Lee pipes sponsors, come on. You know you want to. I'll wear pants if you give them to me. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll wear pants. <laughs> Only if you give them to me, though. Otherwise, I'm just free balling. I don't care. <laughs> All right. So to wrap. 
All right. <laughs> on free balling. All right. James. Fo- follow M-I-S-C-K-E-V-I-N on Instagram. Thank you. Follow at J-A-M-E-S-Y-U-S-C-Z-Y-K on Instagram. We both have a C-Z in there. It's pretty cool. Oh, wait. No, we don't. Oh, landline. Oh, did we blow it up? Is it canceled? More sponsors. They coming. No idea who that is. Uh, Maybe it's your other sponsor calling. It could be. Answer it. Answer it with something (laughs) weird. Come on. Um, Give me it. Anyway, uh, and then you can also check out Grindworks BMS on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat is at Grindworks underscore BMX. On Facebook, Mixer, YouTube. MySpace. Maybe MySpace. You should make MySpace. Bringing it back. Is at Grindworks BMX without an underscore. There's another one, and I just can never remember what it is, and I feel real dumb about it every time. Anchor? Anchor. Yeah. Uh, You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I mean, you could just follow Andy around, too. Or you could just watch it on YouTube and see all the fun stuff we've been talking about. Um, But, yeah, uh, we will follow this up with another one. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Grindworks podcast. Thanks for coming, boys. Thank you.